We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hell, and producer Cole, baby. We are uh, recording from home because COVID finally got me. So no in, in studio this week. Thankfully, I'm feeling good. So only had one night of kind of like effects from it. Outside of that, feel perfectly fine, but keeping everyone safe, chilling in the crib. Producer Cole Bebe was was nice enough to have us on the home setup and making sure we still sound amazing. Dre is in the crib feeling good. You don't you don't look sick at all. So I'm glad uh, Double or Nothing did not catch you up in this wave. But we will talk about our time at AWW or Double or Nothing pay-per-view. All three of us were there over the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about Dre's interview with Tony Khan as well. The one-on-one sit-down. It is blowing up. And then also we got to talk about MJF, his promo, the whole deal, which kind of, I mean, since the Tony Khan interview, kind of like took over our week last week from Wednesday all the way through the pay-per-view and then off of Dynamite this week as well. So we'll talk about that. (sighs) Reluctantly, we're going to talk WWE and more so NXT 2.0. Both of those have events coming up this weekend, so we'll preview those. And then we'll end this with an interview from our guy, friend of the podcast, Kenny King. Always great. Chopping it up with him, seeing what's going on with him, his impact run, my mom's crush on him, which I have to divulge in that interview. So there's, there's a lot going on there. Very funny. So make sure you guys stick throughout this entire thing to listen to that interview. Well worth your time. But Dre, where should we start with AEW? Oh, I mean, are we just MJF? Uh, you know what? It's the biggest thing. It is the biggest thing. And I, I mean, you would think that coming out of Double or Nothing, the biggest thing is CM Punk becoming the champion. But the biggest thing is MJF and what's going on. And I guess we could talk about that because I'm really fascinated by how people have responded to AEW and really showing their tribalism lately. Like they're really showing their stripes. You're like, ah, CM Punk's a terrible champion. 
Oh, uh, you guys got worked by MJ, MJF. Meanwhile, in the WWE, we have this whole Sasha Naomi thing. And we've had similar situations like when CM Punk originally dropped the pipe bomb. Everybody likes CM Punk when he dropped the pipe bomb for real. Now he's yeah. in AEW. Everybody hates him. Shout out MJF to the MJF drops a pipe bomb. And there's people like, ah, oh, you guys are getting worked. We got worked with CM Punk in WWE in 2000. What, what year was that? 2011? 12? The original pipe bomb? People are weird, man. Look, I I can make no bones about it. Yes, I like my pro wrestling to be pro wrestling. I just feel like AEW's got a better product right now. But this MJF thing is just, it's intriguing. The man, dude, again, I've said this on Twitter. You remember the time that people said, if you're starting a wrestling company, who would you rather have, Braun Breaker or MJF? That fucking question is answered. Yeah, that didn't age gracefully. Why did people say that? People love them some NXT, and I'm one of those people. I did. So when you look at it and you say, you know what, I give him the benefit of the doubt, Braun Breaker is going to be a star. And he, listen, he still probably he can be. Yeah, yes. he's, he's very good. He's just in a very shitty feud. So, I mean, not a. I think I think the thing is is it's not that he's in, necessarily in a shitty feud. I mean, they've done a few thing wrong, things wrong with Braun. I think they shot him up too quick. They didn't build him up to where people really wanted to see him become champion. But that's neither here nor there. I think the real issue is there is nothing that's more valuable than a heel like MJF. You can't find those guys. They're, they're they they don't exist. They don't make them like MJF. And the only way to have a great company, you, I, I think a company is only as good as its heel. I, I know they talk about their champions, but your best heel is what the baby face chases. And MJF isn't even a champion, but he is by far the best heel in pro wrestling. I, he's invaluable. And uh, I think him, I mean, dude, he got destroyed by Wardlow at Double or Nothing. So we can, we'll start with MJF because he kicked off Double or Nothing. He got ran over by Wardlow. <laughs> Powerbombed 10 times. Taken off on a stretcher and then came back on Wednesday to cut this vicious promo on Tony Khan and AEW. No and sold the injury completely. <laughs> dog, there were so many things that I thought were the, the little details. It was not just that he no sold that. We'll talk about the promo itself, but the fact that AEW didn't even acknowledge the promo happened for the rest of the show. Excalibur, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, they said nothing about it. They had briefly posted a clip of the promo on their Twitter and they took it right down. They have not acknowledged this thing has happened at all. I think that's kind of the brilliance of it. Look, I've heard a lot of things about whether this is a work or a shoot, or if this started off as a shoot and has now turned into a work, we don't know what the fuck is going on. We can sit here and try to figure it out. I've seen people say, Oh, wrestling journalists, you guys are getting screwed over. Look, man, I think the best, pro wrestling is when we really don't know what the hell's going on yeah and i think that's that's the best balance like i truly believe that wednesday's promo on dynamite was a shoot uh sorry a work a work shoot if you will i don't think they would let mjf go out there and just say that shit without it being a work but whatever happened friday uh which is interesting because me and cole were backstage at rampage on friday Mm -hmm. and we did see an mjf walking around and we did see a tony khan walking around we did see them coming from the same place. We didn't see anybody else. There's a reason why our interview took so long to happen. Maybe they had something to do with it. I don't know. But who cares? It's good television. That's all I give a shit about. This is great television. 
Let's talk about the promo. Cole, what did you think of this promo? I mean, it, it ultimately it, it ultimately starts with like the the whole timeline of it is is crazy and and given that we we did have a little bit of uh, of uh, of a look backstage and 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 seeing seeing or seeing what we didn't see, who knows what it was, but the timeline of having the Tony Khan interview and then the next day we're talking about a plane being booked from Vegas to, you know, ba- back home for for MJF, it booked in MJF's name. And he shows up at the pay per view. He does the airplane, a uh, little 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 celebration at the very beginning of the match. Um, I, I thought it was uh, first of all uh, credit to the AEW medical team uh, for uh, stretching him off improperly, and then somehow on Wednesday he was up and fine. He was good, man. He was like, "Cool, I'm ready to drop a. Pro- I got stuff to say. I'm not gonna say anything about when nothing was said about Wardlow or anything there. Clearly, it was just like." You know that story's over, and MJF was like, "Okay, off we go." And yeah, it's a. I feel like it's a case of it's hard not to see the parallels with the CM Punk situation, where you know the the, the CM Punk pipe bomb. There were things that were orchestrated for it. Now, where he went with it is up for debate. Of what part of it is the work, and what part of it becomes a shoot at times. You know, I I think we need we do need to step back as just wrestling fans and and go and just enjoy this ride for for whatever it is because there's so many people who are who are out there and they're getting on the the journalists and and the people covering the uh, co- covering AEW going like oh you can't figure out what's a work what's a shoot why are you why are you not able to figure this out it's not like we're woe like we need a woge in wrestling it's all booked people it's all booked I, you know like it's but when wrestling is great is when it blurs the line and we live in the gray area. And right now we are in we are in the gray area with MJF. And it's amazing to see I, I think you know some of the some of the scenes that were most interesting from the promo on Dynamite were the stuff that wasn't caught on air. Uh, there were a lot of videos of MJF after he, his mic got cut off. They went right to black, but in the arena he stayed in the ring. And then CM Punk actually came out. He looked like he had unlaced one of his boots and was kind of limping towards the ring, towards MJF. And MJF just hopped over the barrier and left. And then someone else got footage of him, like, knocking a phone out of some guy's hand. Um, This is just... Everything coming together with this is just wild. The whole fan fest thing is crazy because, like, people paid money for that. People paid money to see MJF. So if that part of it is a work, that's crazy that they would that that the company would do something like that. So it's hard not to think that we're 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 in an area where like anything with this story can be shoot and anything with this story can be work at any given time. It's I, this is what makes pro wrestling storytelling great is this is this gray area. You, you know, it's my favorite part. And then I kill him and ask you this question because I can't wait to ask you. Because I, I want to hear your answer. My favorite part about this is the WWE marks are like, all right, come on over, MGF. It's not happening. <laughs> all right, relax. 2024 is when his contract is up. And even when his contract is up, I can't imagine that they don't throw the farm at MGF. I also laughed when I saw people talk about the, the uh, AEW starter contracts. There was those things floating around where the guys get starter contracts were like 70000 I can't confirm that. But I do know, 
NXT contracts were like the same way. Yeah. And you got a bump in pay when you hit the main roster, but it wasn't a huge bump. And I know people like Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano weren't making a ton of money. If we want to really dive into this money situation, use some parody. It, it goes both ways. There's AEW and there's WWE and there's these contracts. Not everybody has a great contract. Yes, WWE throws a lot of money around, but who cares, right? At the end of the day, who gives a shit? MJF is not coming to WWE tomorrow. He's not leaving. Y'all can relax. And if he did, he can't do anything that he does in AEW. He would be a completely different person because some people were like, well, he'd be the Miz in WWE and be like, what's wrong with the Miz? Nothing's wrong with the Miz. Want to know why? Because the Miz is great. But there can only be one Miz. And that's the that's a fact. The Miz was great. And he's great at what he does, but it's still like PG television. You can't see MJF ain't coming on WWE television calling anybody a fucking mark. That shit ain't happening. He's not trashing kids. Like, dude, he was worse when he's independent. I think this is like the line. Yeah, he could eventually go there maybe if they threw like a two, three million dollars at him. I just don't think he's going anywhere. And I think for WWE fans to like jump on that and think that he's leaving right now is kind of silly. So, Kel, here's my question. We saw people say this was the greatest promo since the pipe bomb. Where do you sit on that? This is like people saying an album's the classic a day after it's released. Right? Like, chill. Let it breathe. You, you need to know, to me, what the, the end game of it is before we can deem it anything. Right? The pipe bomb is so iconic because it was the beginning or was in the middle of a story arc for CM Punk, right? Like then we have Summer of Punk, we have all this, it, it was a prominent part of his overall story arc. We have to see where this ends up for MJF. Now it can be a classic promo and I think it was great, but it's just one of those things where let's see where it leads. It's promising right now, but for them to call it like the best thing, we've heard great promos. Um, NXT had great promos throughout the years. Main rosters had some great promos. Every year, there's like two or three people say this about. It's like, yo, just chill. Let it breathe. It was good. MJF is incredible. Again, you never know what's a work, what's a shoot. He's one of the last characters in pro wrestling that you can honestly say that about. He, he protects that part of the business and of his character. But to go over the top and say it's the best thing since the pipe bomb... That night, people really didn't understand what the pipe bomb was when it happened. We then see CM Punk leave. And we're like, oh, shit, this pipe bomb was really, really dope. He really was fed up. He's left wrestling altogether. And then we see NXT and WWE start bringing in these indie talents. Then we see them start acknowledging New Japan and all these things in their programming. The pipe bomb has grown legs since then because of what's happened after and it's made it more iconic, right? It's the same thing where we talk about Vince and Brett screwed Brett, right? That's part of a story arc. And then it's like, yo, that promo is great because it's part of this, this real life, like work shoot moment. And then like Brett just says, fuck this. And it goes crazy, right? And we, we still don't know. There's people to this day that argue that Brett, Sean, and Vince were in on that moment. 
on the screw job. Yeah. Like people still don't know if it's truly a work or truly a shoot. There's like conspiracy theorists and pro wrestling over this shit. That's what makes that whole thing so great. And the Brett screwed Brett. It's the overall story tied around it. Let's see what happens with MJF. Not saying that it can't be amongst, you know, some of the greatest promos, right? But the program also has a lot to do with the greatness of a promo. The the Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, hard time shit. Like, that's incredible. The program was incredible. And that's why you felt it. That's why the promo still holds up, right? So um, you, you got you to gotta see how that plays out before we, we start deeming it anything. Because honestly, yeah. it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday in the social media era where next week something can happen and people won't remember this shit. We talk hip hop all the time. You know how hard it is to have a classic album nowadays? That Kendrick al- yeah. album's phenomenal. No one's talking about it. It came out three weeks ago. The, well, the people still talk about it. They barely, right? It as much. Yeah, not, not like it was in the 90s. Not like it was even early to mid-2000s, right? Like, well, I times mean, have changed. You didn't, have, you didn't have Twitter. Like, you yeah. couldn't... Like, there was no way to gauge what people were talking about back in those days, right? But you sat like, with stuff. There's Word, word of mouth comes from yeah. a lot. Like, when you have to go to barbershops to talk. Or you got to seek out these like weird little forums and shit. Like you, you build the legend through these little odd places and how you divulge information. Like people had to trade tapes to see shit. Like Punk dropped a pipe bomb. And people were like, yo, what's New Japan? What's ROH? And now people are going through like odd avenues to get these videos and do all this shit. Searching the doldrums of YouTube. Like all of it, there's no New Japan world, right? Like there, there was none of this. So you, you right. really had to go through and, and all that added to the lure of this. It's so hard to have that now because information is at everyone's fingers. There's always something new. There's always something different. Like the attention span is so short that it, it's really hard to do something like that because he could cut a promo two weeks from now. People think that's even better. And this shit can be forgotten. So we got to see where this plays out. This might not be his best promo of this arc. We don't know. It's just the first. That's why you can't deem it the best thing. No. Well, I'll say this. I don't, the program where it goes, I think that does not uh, define a promo. The promo was good because the promo was good. I don't think, I don't care where the program goes. I think this promo was excellent. I don't think it's the greatest promo since the pipe bomb. I think we've seen some excellent promo work. Do you remember the Miz and Daniel Bryan on on, uh, SmackDown Live or whatever the hell it was called? That was excellent, right? There is the promo work between Cena and Rock, where both of them were trashing the shit out of each other, and it felt like Cena got the upper hand in a lot of those exchanges. There there have been some great promos. Cena burying Roman Reigns. Yes. When Roma was still babyface, and it was like, fuck, he crushed him. I See, I think this promo was great. I don't even know if it's MJF's best promo. I'd have to really think about it, because this stuff he did with CM Punk His stuff with CM was Punk, incredible. I was going to say. It's was probably incredible. his best in-ring stuff on the market. Yeah. His stuff There's, with Jericho was very good. Oh, stuff with Jericho was great. I mean, MJF is just a walking promo, right? The guy just, yeah. he just does not miss. The bar is was, so high. 
Yeah, I just thought it was funny when people were like, this is the greatest promo since the pipe. And I was like, God damn, that's like over 10 years of promos. And I started going through and I was like, yo, I'm sorry, guys. Like Miz shooting on Daniel Bryan the way he did was incredible. Like that, the passion in his face, like that was great. This was a great promo. Um, I don't think it matters where the program goes. I don't, I don't care. I don't know where this program goes. Um, let's talk about Double or Nothing, though, because it was a yet another show. That was long, and somebody asked Tony Khan why the show was long, and that ended up making a post media scrum that should have been forty five minutes into like a three hour post media scrum because Tony wanted to defend the fact that he wanted to put on great shows regardless of length. It got weird, it got really fucking weird. But to me, this wasn't the greatest AW pay per view. It was good. It was made great to me as we'll go through the show because of that damn anarchy in the arena match. Whatever the fuck that this that was wild as shit. I want to watch it on TV because we were in the arena and it, it just was <laughs> different for us. It was like we were in the match basically. Yeah. Um, they telling us to move, doing spots on chairs in front of us. Yeah, like I want to take home the broken chair. Um, we we gotta was, be on the video, right? Like we yeah, have to yeah, be part of that. There were people tweeting me that was like, "There's a, like I saw you and I saw you move in because like that whole time where Brian it was." Who's being Daniel Garcia? I can't remember who, whose ass he was kicking. One of, uh, one of two point Yeah, one of two point yeah. That that was like the turning point of that pay per view because it was fine up until that point. But I saw people say it was one of the greatest pay per views. Like, nah, it was good. AW they haven't missed on a pay per view, but it was good. So, what? Let's let's see. We already did MJF versus Wardlow, which is it makes you wonder, right? Where does Wardlow go from here? Wardlow just beat his nemesis. He's free. He signs with AEW. Meanwhile, his nemesis has this MJF fucking loses and just gets bigger. Yeah. That, that's the sign of a true heel. He loses and he gets bigger. Meanwhile, Wardlow looks like a superstar on the cusp of big things, but it's not like he's going to get thrown into a title program immediately. I don't know no. where he goes from here. I mean, <sighs> He's a guy probably primed for like that TNT title, right? Like you, you want to give him a nice little run. It's kind of like the babyface Miro, where Miro is like, okay, he's probably a little bit bigger than this role, but they'll let him run with the title and it feels really cool. And he's just gonna beat that a lot of hold people. On. Hold on. As great as that MJF promo was, Miro saying he would violently throw God out of heaven. I don't like I don't know how that got lost. Like Miro's <laughs> return and the, the promo that he cut, that was a great promo. Who cuts promos on God like that? Vince? Maybe. Only Vincent K- Kennedy McMahon. That's it. Yo, Miro said, I don't even want to join you. I want to throw you out. And I was like, yo. Anyway, I'm sorry. Miro, that motherfucker's incredible. Miro, if you talk about TNT. That could be oh. your program. I just don't know where that ends, Miro and Wardlow, because Miro ain't losing anytime soon. That dude looks like he's about to be on a rampage. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to the main event of Double or Nothing and what that means going forward, right? Um, but now that I look at it, like, I get it. <laughs> I guess how that ended up playing out. But if we're going to go through the card, we have to kind of rewind. And we talked about Wardlow, MJF. But it started off with Hookhausen versus Tony yeah. Nese and Mark Sterling. Mark Sterling had the worst ring attire 
I have seen in at least a decade. And it was magnificent. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's playing the gimmick 100%. Uh, it's like when I, when I was a big fan of Ty Dillinger in NXT, because you knew he was going to lose. But damn, that gimmick was good. Sterling's yeah. the same way to me. But Hook's super over. The hair, everything. Uh, shout out to Brian, Blue Wire Studios, uh, making sure all our videos and lighting go well when we're in the studio. Brian, I feel like he can, if he grows out the sides, he can pull off that hook hairdo really well. So I got to talk Brian into getting the hook hairdo. I told Cole the other day, I was like, I just want everyone to dress up like a different superstar for Halloween this year and yep. see if we could just keep keep it going. Yep. Um, I'll be working on Broken Matt Hardy. We'll, we'll, we'll get it done. Yes, Cole with the Broken Mats. Now... Brian has to be hook and we'll, we'll, we'll get the whole AW roster going. Um, but the match itself was cool. Dan Housen and hook had a weird chemistry, but I like it. Dan Housen's hilarious, but hooks another guy where it's like, how do you slow down the momentum? They slowed it down. He's on, he was on the buy-in. He's teaming with Dan Housen against Tony niece. Who's never on TV. They they've already slowed it down. Dre. I think in that Tony Khan post pay-per-view scrum asked about why it was so long. And then he was just like, Oh, well, you know, Vegas late arriving crowd, blah, 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 NBA finals. Cool. Or Eastern conference finals. That place was 90 to 95% full for the buy-in. Yeah. Because of hook. Because of, of Hookhausen, I I would I would. <laughs> All right, let give, me not. Yeah, I gotta give Dan. Gotta give Dan Housen his props. But everyone was outside. Like, yo, what time does it start? We were at Brew. Uh, what was that beer house? We we're just chilling for a second. It was like, nah, we gotta leave. No, we can't. Can't miss Hook. Yeah. So they've calmed him down a bit, but I don't they know come- how long. I don't know how long you can keep Dude. him like that. Here, here's what. Here's my answer to that. If he can wrestle Tony Nese and damn near fill up the arena before a, a buy-in, he can feud with anybody. Like, yeah. you don't have to put him in a major program at all. Like, there are plenty of people on that roster, and I mean plenty of people on the AEW roster, that he can work until they feel like it's time to turn him loose and put him into a title program. They, they got a lot of time with him. It's not like he he's winning and everybody's demanding to see him work MJF or they're demanding to see him in a top tier program. He worked Tony niece. Like, and then he wasn't even on dynamite this week. No, they, they have so played, they have slow played him perfectly and who knows who he works next, but he's over. I think, I think we got another, you know, four to six months of them really building him until he gets like a name name. I think he'll get like an Angelico or, I'm waiting for him to feud with somebody like, I mean, I don't think he's getting like an Adam Cole or anybody like that anytime soon. It, no, but he needs a, like him versus Sammy Guevara. Perfect. That's even, that, it's even too that, soon for that. Yeah. But like him and Sammy are like, assholes. It's, it's a little too soon, but like yeah. his first major feud, Sammy would be great. We'll talk yeah, about he's, Sammy he's, later. Yeah. We'll talk about Sammy later. Yeah. Um, but I think there's there's plenty of opportunity with Hook. I mean, even with his Dan Housen thing, even with the 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 bloated roster, there's they can slow play this for as long as they want. 
because I mean, you got years he, with this kid. Yeah, he's a kid. He's Taz's son. He looks yeah. great. He's still work. He's still he's like the opposite of Braun Breaker. He's he's still learning to be a wrestler. And it, it, they're working him far enough underneath the car where if he like blows it, he doesn't get exposed. Yeah. Right. He, he works matches. He looks good. They don't keep him in there for a long time. They don't overexpose him. He's the opposite of Dominic Mysterio. Ew. Who went into a feud with Seth Rollins immediately. Yeah, that was, I did not, I'll never like that. That's, that's a good comparison. And because Dominic fell, doesn't have a chance. Nope, fell on his face after that. Yeah. Ru- ruined true. him by doing that. So yeah, he's the opposite that, of Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's probably an apt comparison because Dominic, like he has no chance. Like some people are like, well, he's fine. And I'm like, dog, he's, where do you go after this? His work is not that great. He hasn't you, really you get crushed by Veer. Talent. <laughs> yeah. The fuck? Oh my Send God. Send Veer. Send Veer. Hey, you really tried that shit too. Send Veer. <laughs> um, so look, oh. we got past the Dan Housen. We got past the MJF Warlord. What's the next match? Hardys versus the Bucks. Wolf. All right, let's go. Match. Let's let's go. This is interesting. I, I will say to just start this off, I've seen so many varying opinions on yeah. it. And I think it, it comes from it comes from and I I want to say it comes from you've either seen this match before or you haven't. Because the yeah. chances are if you've seen this match before, you're gonna come away saying, I've seen Hardy's versus Elite be way better than this. But that like and even for me like seeing it all in person for the first time I was still like wow they're doing like incredible things and they that's cuz like those two tag teams again we talk about the bar setting bar is so so high but there were definitely some things that didn't quite didn't quite look right with this maybe it's cuz we're there in person like maybe we we were very close and had like a different perspective maybe it's cuz we saw them ROH weekend in what before they debuted whenever you know they made that wwe debut that weekend two nights before mania it was hardy's versus bucks ladder match like and that was incredible granted there's like five years in between that (laughs) so yes people slow down but i left that saying like man matt hardy needs the gimmick back because he can't work as team extreme anymore it's just it's he needs to be broken Matt, because it gives him an out for the lack of athleticism and then jeff hardy's a madman but even he slowed down a little bit i see people giving jeff more grief than matt yes i was like I, i'm one of them barely move no jeff could barely look look here's the thing here's the thing one, I didn't particularly care for this match. Um, it was like watching, it was like watching Jordan on the Wizards have to deal with Kobe in his prime, right? It was like we clearly saw a slowdown version of the Hardys versus the Bucks team that is still in their physical peaks, and the Bucks had to slow down what they were doing for the Hardys to keep up. My problem was with Jeff because Jeff tried to kill himself with Darby Allen. Knowing his yeah. body can't take that shit anymore. So he hobbles his way into this match. And we know Matt's limited. But Matt has always been limited compared to Jeff. Even at their peaks, Matt didn't do the shit that Jeff was doing. Everything is contingent on what 
big shit Jeff is going to jump off of. That's like every Jeff Hardy match. Hey, what's the biggest shit he can jump off of? There it is. He can do it. But his his mobility was limited. Matt's going to do what he can. I agree with you. He does need the gimmick back. I don't want to necessarily use it as a crutch, but I think it, it allows them to do more groundwork and, mm-hmm. and the offense to be a little bit more grounded. I just need Jeff, if you're going to have a pay-per-view match, I need you to chill the two weeks before, soak your body in ice so you're ready to go for this kind of a match. Because killing yourself against Darby Howland, as soon as you saw Jeff come out, it was like, he ain't right. He's not right. He ain't moving right. And that hurts the entire match because what is the Bucks' offense? A lot of spots, high flying. Yes, they can do the storytelling shit too. But if you have Matt and Jeff running the perfect blend of high spots and ground offense, the Hardys could do the same. You would have had a great match. This is my least favorite Bucks Hardys match that I've seen. I've seen quite a few of them. I didn't really enjoy this. If this match would have hit, this pay per view would have been different. Yeah. This is probably my least favorite Bucks match in AEW. Second, second. Bucks versus FTR when they built up to that was like wildly disappointing to me. Yeah, but it was still good. Like this wasn't good to me. This wasn't good, but that my expectations for that was so high that I felt very disappointed. But then they ran it back and then all was forgiven because then FTRs kind of hit like their momentum. And then now I'm like, cool, they 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 figured it out. Um, they just took a little while to adjust to AEW, I guess. Which is weird to say, but you never know. There's transitions and everything. So with this match, though, I, I don't know where either of them go after this. Because we'll talk about the tag team picture in AEW later, but shit is stacked right now. And somewhat stagnant because of who's at the top. So, like, the Bucks do what? And this is where we lean into the Tony Khan interview that you had. He said he has those trios titles ready. Oh, it's time. Like, it's when time. Omega's back, is it, is it go time? Shit, is we ain't got to wait for Omega. I mean, look what we got now. If you take Cole No, I'm just saying for the Bucks specifically. I mean, you could. Or you could pair him with Cole. Like, there's, there's things that you can do, right? The trio titles, you could take off with those right now. Um, I don't know exactly what Tony's waiting on. Uh, it's clearly something, but you got the, the House of Black. You got, I mean, there, there's, they have factions. They have, they have, yeah. I mean, shit, you can go with the Blackpool Combat Club when Yuta Wheeler comes back. Everyone's in a faction. So, yes. Yeah. You have and plenty sh- of options. And um, shout out to Yuta. He won a Battle of Super Juniors, right? I, I haven't caught up yet, so oh, I haven't well, even spoiler alert. <laughs> so my bad. It is what it is. But, I'm um, going to watch it. But I mean, the faction's taken off. So even he's yeah. like really crushing shit. Yeah, like they have, I mean, they have plenty of options. Here, we'll, we'll get to that tag title match. I don't think the tag division is stagnant by any means. Even though the, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are still the tag champions, them winning, it bothered me at first, and then I thought about it. I was like, well, shit, you still got FTR, Red Dragon, and Young Bucks. Like, right there. One of them can take the titles off of, of them. I think they're going to they're gonna move on. I'm curious where Swerve and Keith Lee go. I'm curious where Starks and Hobbs go. But I, I don't think the, the division is stagnant. I think it gets weird for a lot of people because this, and we'll get into this even deeper when we get to the main event. Hangman Page was champion. 
And as soon as he had like three title defenses, people were like, this is getting old. It's like, well, what the fuck do you want him to do? But then when CM Punk wins the championship, they go, oh, you're putting the old guy over on the young talent. What the fuck do you want him to do? Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus won the tag champions. Those are their pillars of AEW. And some people were like, this is great. And other people were like, why didn't the Young Bucks win it? What, what do you want? What do you want? I Again, it didn't happen here. But it, to me, it's almost clear and evident that Christian's turning on one of them. And it looks like Jungle Boy. They keep teasing it. They keep teasing it. We'll get there. Well, he's not turning I, on Luchasaurus. That's, if we're keeping it a buck, no one gives a damn about Luchasaurus. I mean, Luchasaurus is fun. But, he's I mean. A, he's a fun hand, but he's not. He's not a pillar. Jungle Boy we, we, is a pillar. No, 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 no. We, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's clear that he's not a pillar, but it's like even when you watch that, when we talk about that six man tag, like Hobbs and Keith Lee were dominant in that match. And Luchasaurus, yeah. I don't want to say he was just kind of there, but compared to those two, yeah, he fell back. So I don't know. Them trios titles, yeah, they need to surface. They got to hurry up. They got, they, I mean, Blood and Guts is around the corner, Forbidden Doors around the corner. Yeah. You got to stick them in there sooner or later. All right. So then we have. <laughs> Let's see. I want to say so. We'll next, go Jade Jade yeah, Cargill versus Jay. Anna J. Yeah. This was rough. The match was not good. Look, here's the reason why. <laughs> uh, and then I'm gonna throw it to you, Cole. Jade is a dominant force who is still learning on the job. She's being hidden properly. Her weaknesses have been hidden for the most part. She's not very good at selling. Like she's not the smoothest wrestler, but she's a powerhouse. When it comes to power moves, she pulls those off. We go, yeah. We can tell she's learning on the job. The problem is, is when you pair her with Anna Jay and you look at Anna Jay and you look at Jade Cargill and you go, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> there ain't no way that Anna Jay is going to get any realistic offense in on Jay, Jade. And then you go, you looked at the length of the show and how many matches. And my immediate thought, as I said, was squash match. When this wasn't a squash match and the longer that it went, yep. the more it exposed Jade Cargill as somebody who needs, it was still pretty green. I didn't like this match. Um, Jade still has work to do, which is totally fine. I just didn't think it needed to be that long. It was kind of saved by Stokely Hathaway showing up and then Athena showing up and Statlander showing up was the story <laughs> of the match because nobody's talking about the match itself. But before I throw it to you, Cole, it piques my curiosity because if you're putting Athena in there with Jade, which doesn't look like it's happened immediately. It looks like Athena's going to have to run through the baddies first, which she will do. I don't know how you, how you have Jade beat Athena. Because if nothing else, the wrestler formerly known as Ember Moon may not be a great promo, but she's a fantastic worker. And putting Jade over on her see, would seem kind of weird. I don't know. Cole, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think no matter what, I think coming away from this match, it's, it, I think it's clear that, you know, Jade's had a lot of, a lot of really short programs with people, and I think she needs to have a longer extended program with someone who can kind of guide her through it a little bit, and that that could be Athena. I think Athena is a good option here. To, you know, it, it can be a case where, you know. Maybe Jade goes over the first time, but then Athena wins the second, you know, wins the rematch. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, Jade just needs to be in the ring with someone who's a little less green and someone who can kind of, kind of guide her through a long extended program. Because for the most part, 
like Jade's just been crushing everybody. Like it, it, it hasn't mattered really who it is. I mean, who was that she fought uh, in the TBS tournament for the final? Was it Ruby? I believe it was Ruby. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, and and so, and then since then it's been it was it's been Ty Conti and Anna Jay so far. I think have been the two big pay per view defenses. Um, See, but like, that's the problem for me though, mm-hmm. right? Like Ty Conti is great, but she just stopped being green herself. She's just hitting her stride. Yeah. Right. And then and this one, you give Jade someone who's completely green. And it's just like you're you're not really helping her by booking like this. I understand she has to go over on people and crush people, but if you want her to have a real match, you gotta give her someone to guide her through. It's either squash or or, or have a match, right? And yeah. I think this fell somewhere in the middle, and that's where it didn't work for me. Like Athena could be the one. Again, it's, it gets to this weird, like, WWE stuff. Because if, if Athena loses, people are like, why would you bring her win? And if Athena wins, it'd be like, there goes AEW getting WWE talent to go over on AEW stars. It's a weird place to be. Mm-hmm. But I think the consensus for a lot of people is, yeah, we just want to see Jade work better matches. Jade is in a position where you'd like to see house shows where she can work talent with small crowds not and not untelevised matches. Does she... She's, I'm not saying she's dangerously close to getting exposed just yet, but she's, dude, she's on TV. She's doing everything. She's the one that's hard to hold back. Hook, you can kind of put him on the card. You can take him off of TV for weeks at a time. Yeah. Jade and the baddies, you can't keep them away. And that's why I keep saying it feels like the TBS title is the A title because the way Jade presents it, but she can't hold the A title because she can't work that style. She can't. Even though, Britt Baker and Ruby Soho are like the greatest workers in AEW. They will wrestle circles around her. And we don't need to see that with Jade right now. So they need to find somebody. It may not need to be Athena. Maybe. I don't know. She just needs to. She needs work. She needs reps. She needs like Deeb or someone like that. Even Deeb, I think, could expose her and make her look bad. Because she knows how to work and propel someone up. Like she's not someone that just needs to get her shit in, you know, to look good. I, I think ultimately we need to like they'll go through this feud with Athena and I think this could be really beneficial to Jade. But honestly, I think the two people that got to collide at some point is Jade and Statlander because I yes. believe Statlander yeah. has that size to kind of match Jade and they kind of can look in the mirror and kind of and kind of you know mirror each other and I think that's where you know if Jade gets a good program here with Athena and really kind of gets the ropes on a longer program works with a quote-unquote worker then let's throw her in with Statlander and let's have some you know let's have some beat the shit out of each other matches I think there's really good potential there so maybe not Statlander yet maybe still just kind of giving her the training kind of in ring and on TV because she's clearly going through the training backstage working with Brian Anielson let's get her some work while she's in there so I think ultimately we we go towards Jade and Statlander but Obviously, for right now, I think working with Athena and uh, getting a chance to have uh, Stokely kind of kind of work in here as his as her manager um, just keeps keeps the progression going. We're we're still going in the right direction, I think. Jesus, having Stokely there is an immediate boost. It's not like Jade can't talk, right? It's like Jade can't talk, cut the shit, and you know the karate shit, bitch. Like all that shit is great, but when you have Stokely coming in as the publicist. 
again, this is WWE's one of their biggest losses. I don't know how they fucked this one up. I don't know what you wanted out of him that you didn't get. That man is comedic gold. That man is a mouthpiece. And that makes it even harder to hold Jade back because you want to see Stokely every damn week. Uh, mm, you might be right, Cole. It might, it might need to be Athena. But yeah, the ultimate goal probably is Statlander. And I don't know how that program ends. I think, I think that's not something they've even thought that far yet under who would go over in that match. Because sooner or later, Jade's going to have to drop that title. She can't hold it forever. And if she doesn't improve, you're going to have to make a decision as well. So I don't know. I mean, again, she's a million bucks. I saw an interview with her today on like a talk show. Tamron Hill daytime, show. Yeah. Tamron, like you're talking about crossover. She is crossover. Oh, she's so at this point, it sounds bad, but you might have to teach her like the five moves of death. And then it's just like, yo, this, this is it. This is where you live. Like all the, the Dan, the Brian Daniels and shit is cool. And the, the locks and the ring psychology and all this stuff. Sooner or later, you gotta be like, yo, you're just John Cena. Yeah. Have, have some nothing wrong shit. with that. No, like work, have a, you can't see me punch type shit. Like, Get the crowd into it. Like, I, do something. Do Punch something that's just duck. quick. That's it. Quick, recognizable. Hit your finisher, which looks like it, you know, it hurts. So that that's cool. You got a good finisher. Add like two or three more moves. I, I like the, it looked like it was almost going to be a razor's edge, but she spun around. Or not a razor's edge, but yeah. you know, like the, uh, the toss razor Ramon used to do, like, but she spun around yeah. first. Like, that shit looked dope. Keep that. Two more moves. But let's not get fancy. This match seemed like they were trying to get fancy. So, but again, she's the best woman on the roster in terms of personality and character. So, you got to do everything you can to make Jade feel special. Next match, touched on earlier, House of Black versus Death Triangle. Don't have to spend a crazy amount of time on it, but trio titles, man. Like, this is where the the pay-per-view were like, oh, it's going to pick up now. And this match delivered. Everything I expected, this match delivered. Penta and Phoenix together are magic. Um, but House of Black isn't losing anytime soon. Anytime soon. No, they don't need to. Give them the gold. Um, and then it gets interesting because it looks like we're having a stable built around Andrade because we get the promo with Roosh after it oh my god yo is the one question that i wanted to ask at that post fight scrum the post uh double nothing scrum that i didn't get to ask because tony was talking so goddamn much i was like yo not enough people are talking about Roosh's arrival in aew and how one andrade did it via video because he was over there getting married to charlotte (laughs) (laughs) but two that breathes a whole new life into the andrade character like, he's yeah. been struggling to find his footing. The Andrade family, a private party. You bring Roosh into the fold? Holy shit. That's yeah. a, a whole new ball game. Like, it, yo, it's that's funny. Ma- Nobody's talking about it. It's crazy. Uh, it's funny because that's clearly just shot at his wedding. Because, like, Roosh is in the wedding. Like, it's just yeah. like, yo, like, uh, we're here. Let's just cut this promo. But I right. saw. And Charlotte's like, so I was like, all right, I guess I know what the, the opposition's doing. My husband's over here getting his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> in AW. Um, so it's like, cool. And then I think, and I've seen this online, and I forgot who it was on Twitter, but shout out to them. 
if you guys are listening, take ownership of this. But they were speculating, like many things at AEW, it has to be a trio or a bigger faction. And they believe Bandito was signed. I mean, rounding again, that out. And then that would be a squad. I mean, look at them versus the Lucha Draft, the Lucha Bros. Like, holy shit. There, there's so much you could do there. So here, here's the question, though, about Roos, and then we can go on this. As we, I think we all agree we enjoyed this match. This match was great. There's lots of spots, lots of shit happening. House of Black looks tremendous. Julia Hart. Awesome. I did it. Ju- yes, yes, you, you nailed it. Julia Hart came in and flipped shit. But when you sign Roos, you sign a guy that was the top guy in Ring of Honor who never fucking lost, right? Where exactly does he fit into the grand scheme of AEW? Because does Roosh, I don't know how Roosh negotiated this. Does he want to be in the title program immediately? Does he just want to be in great fuse? Does he just want to hang out with his friend? I don't know how long you keep Roosh out of a lot of things because he's really good, but, you know, the word on the street is, is the man is very controlling of how he is handled <laughs> on, and, you know, and how he's booked. So I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. Who isn't in AEW right now, right? Like House of Black isn't losing um shout out to swerve who during our interview he was like and he didn't name names so i'm not putting on these people but he was just like a lot of people don't want to lose right and he was like that's what sets me apart i'm gonna have great matches i'm gonna have great fuse because i'm not scared to lose yeah like a loss isn't gonna hurt me so if roosh comes in he doesn't want to lose join the line sir you just gonna be on tv so, once so so weeks. many of Shawn michaels greatest matches he loses that's all you need to know that's why he's the goat. That's why he's not the goat. Because <laughs> it took him so long to figure out when to lose. Because his ass should have. If he would have been losing earlier in his career, we'd be yeah taunting his praise. You're, 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 you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That that's very true. But you know, anytime I can take the stir the pot. <laughs> yes, sir. I know. Um, and then we have Adam Cole defeating Samoa Joe, Britt Baker defeating Ruby Soho in the two Owen Hart Foundation tournament matches. Shout out to Ruby Soho, best entrance of the night. Oh, Rancid. Yeah. Rancid. That was great. Rancid, fucking incredible. They sounded great, too. It was awesome. How you have her lose after that, I don't know. And not doing the trophy presentation between each match and saying you're going to do it all together. After Adam Cole won, it was like, well, we know what's happening here. So I thought for what it was supposed to be, I thought both of these kind of fell flat. Joe... Joe Cole was fine. Like, that was cool. It's nice to see Joe back in the ring. Unlike Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, Joe does not seem to have slowed down. No, um, so, not. yeah, I, I thought that was a fine enough match. The Britt Baker-Ruby Soho match didn't really do much for me, though. So, Yo, why were there so many bad sharpshooters on this show? <laughs> everyone tried a sharpshooter. Everyone failed. There were a tremendous amount of bad sharpshooters. I'll say this. They should have taken time away from the Jade and the Jay fight match and put it on the Joe Adam Cole match. It felt like, let's be honest, that finish was flat. Cole just lands one boom, and it was just like, that's it? If they gave that match five more minutes, I thought we would have had a really great match, but they didn't give it enough time. Ruby and Britt, look, man, let's, look, let's just call a spade a spade. Britt's fine. But unless there's like some crazy stipulation with a table or some blood or some, some other wild shit going on, her matches are just kind of serviceable. And I think Ruby kind of falls in that same trap 
where she has mm. decent matches. Like I want, I would have loved to see Tony Storm in this match. Yeah. That would have meant we wouldn't got the rancid entrance. So it is what it is. I'm fine with it. But if you let Tony Storm start working some of this other talent, because she's she's really damn good. I I just I don't know. The Owen Hart tournament felt like it was a good idea in in practice. The execution was, yeah. Colin Britt winning is what the fuck does that mean? And what are what they mean. fighting for? Like they don't get anything besides the trophy and the belt. See, I'm even I'm fine with there not being any anything tangible because it's Owen Hart. But I guess my problem is, is like, but if there's nothing tangible, it should still provide a boost to the winner because yeah. it's Owen Hart, right? Like it should it, it should be somebody a, a feel good moment, and it doesn't feel good with two heels winning. Even though Owen was a heel, it felt it didn't feel like I, there was nothing either of them could have done with that. I felt like this was their chance to have their version of King of the Ring. Because Owen Hart, to me, outside of, like, the slammy stuff that he did, like, he was, like, the epitome of a king of the ring. Yeah, he was so I thought, I thought this would be, like, their version of king of the ring. This is a good way to install that, you know? And I thought it just fell short of that without having that type of stipulation. Especially when you get rid of, which the thing I hate, like, the stupid, um, the, what is that? The Joker's Wild Battle Royal or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah that they've had, like, the winner of that kept on getting title matches. Like, give me a stipulation to this because you didn't have the Battle Royal this time, and I would have been fine. But, yeah, so I thought both of those kind of fell flat. Um, and, the, and this is the pacing problem, but I guess this is, like, fourth quarter of the game. So they were like, yo, we're slow playing this. So we go Britt Breaker, Ruby Soho into America Top Team versus... Kazarian, Guevara, Tate Conte. I, y'all know my problem with this match. I don't know who the fuck's baby faces in the heels. It's for. over. Like, it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, that's the best part. Um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky need to go their own way. Scorpio Sky's a champion. Everybody in this feud needs to go their own way. Yeah, Page Van Zandt is no Ronda Rousey. Let's just be clear. I know AEW fans just defend her to the end of it she is no ronda page is not a crossover star every time people are like oh yeah well oh all her only fans followers will come and watch no they will not all come and watch because she ain't showing tops and tails on aew they are on only fans still, for a reason i think Damn. she just still can be made into a star ronda that, then that's the, the problem of it that's the problem because you don't sign that's her to problem. make her into a star no no you no yes you someone, do Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You sign somebody like Paige Van Zandt because she has a background in MMA and she can smoothly transition into pro wrestling with a following already. But to suggest, like, Matt Riddle wasn't a star when he when he started wrestling. No. He was just a, a guy in the Ultimate Fighter who got cut because he smoked a lot of weed. And then he learned his craft and became, look at him now. Look at Matt Riddle now. I think Paige is in a similar spot. What I didn't like about this match is that Paige didn't know whether she was a face or a heel. So every time she did a move, she would like stop and be like, ta-da. <laughs> like, look at me. I did a hurricanrana. Ta-da. Look, I did, I did a tornado DDT. She looks smooth in the ring. She already has punches better than Ronda Rousey, which is not difficult to do. But I think she was just put in a shitty match. Like, this, it was just a bad match. And it, I didn't care about anybody in this match. I felt like Kazarian did his best to work with what he had. He was the best and, in this match. Right. But other than that, 
This felt like a match to get Paige Van Zandt on TV and chew up some clock. But I ain't need it. I'm, I'm so glad this shit is over. And heel Sammy and heel Tay is just like obnoxiously bad. It's not good heat. They should be heels, but lean into it. Be yeah. like be heels. They can't be baby faces. It's over. Those two together are heels. They're heat magnets. You separate them. Maybe we'll start liking Sammy again. We just don't like Ty because it's just gross watching those two together. But yeah, you separate yeah. them, it could be fine. But I, I just don't get what we're doing here. I didn't get turning Scorpio heel against Kazarian. I didn't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I didn't even get a chance to ask Tony that because I was like, what the fuck are you doing? It felt like Scorpio Sky was a baby face. You turned him heel. I don't get it. But to, but to go back to Tony's interview, I thought it was very, it was, it was pretty directed to the point that when you asked about Sammy Guevara and he was like, yep, yeah, you know, we learned some things. <laughs> kind of fucked up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're just going to hit the reset button. So, yeah, I think they, I think everybody needs the reset button in that feud. Yeah, it's um, honest. Yeah. Then we have Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. Uh, Could have been on Dynamite. Could have been on Rampage. What we learned was that the Young Bucks family loves Darby Allen. Yes, the Young Bucks family was sitting by us, and they were like, "When when Darby bit it on that on that plancha to the outside, and like the everybody, including the Bucks parents, were like, oh, is he okay? Is he okay?'" And then he got up and he was good. I was like, "The thing is." This card was so stacked that they that I think Tony Khan or somebody looked up and realized that they didn't have FTR nor Darby Allen on this card. And they were like, well, we got to pick one of them. And yep. I still think it's a mistake not to have FTR on this card. But everybody loves Darby Allen. The guy's fucking over. You're right, though. He didn't need this match. It was good. I just didn't need it. This definitely burned some time for that the, the Celtics game going on, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was the reason for it. wasn't a very long match either. It, no, no, nine fifty. The American Top Team match was twelve thirty, and that seems like one that could have been cut down to an eight minute match. That was the same amount of time yeah. as Cole Samoa Joe, like for what? Bad booking. That was bad booking. And then uh, next we have Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. This was really good. Fine match. I thought it was really good. Thunder Rosa's entrance was, was dope, match. but um, I just don't care. I didn't care about the feud. I didn't think Thunder Rosa was in any jeopardy of losing the belt. I, I wasn't sports entertained. It was great in the ring. And maybe that's all you needed. Again, to kill time. Match of a thousand holds. Yeah, it was just, if you're going to have a ring psychology technical match, I should care. I didn't care. And I knew the, the ending. So that's my point. But again, 17 minutes. They wrestled. <laughs> that's that's like they wrestled. But uh, you seem to have liked it a little more than me, Dre. I, I thought this was a great match. I think this was, we know Serena Deeb's is a good wrestler. I think the problem with this match was that you didn't care because they started to build this match and then they looked up and they pivoted into this weird Serena Deeb, like, oh, I didn't, you know, I had to take out my fake tits. Instead of like building a real feud like they did with Thunder Rosa and even like Nyla Rose, where they gave us more of a feud. Yeah, If this had more heat on it, I think people would have been more sold on the action in the ring because technically this match was great. It just, the stakes were low because they didn't build it properly. Very true. That promo, though, just like I cut my hair, I take out my fake boot. I did feel bad for him. 
taking out I mean, fake boobs have to hurt like a mofo. Like I, I couldn't it, imagine. It's it's a great promo, but it just was at the wrong place. Yeah, right. Like it's it like, why are we doing match. it here? Had none Dustin Rose comes out and it's like, well, what do we? Why is this happening? The feud is Deeb and Rosa. Focus <laughs> on those two. I don't need to talk about what what Deeb did because the bigger issue is. Why am I having any sympathy for Serena Deeb and she's the heel handing it to the match with your babyface champion? That was that that backfired. That was just they a bad never were really like in the ring ever at the same time to like promote it, which was weird. No, like, all their all. promos yeah. were separate of each other. It's very very odd. And then um, then Cole finds out that his boys won. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. I'll I'll do the retelling yes. because I I assume the next match is Anarchy <laughs> in the arena, correct? Anarchy oh in the God. arena. Holy shit. 23-minute match. I felt like it was an hour, and I loved every minute of it. Um, like, every second seemed like a minute. There was so many things going on. I'm tapping you. Cole's tapping me. <laughs> with Big Mac doesn't know what the fuck's going on. We're trying to see stuff on all different sides of the arena. They're doing spots in the ring and table breaking. And then Brian is next to us. Next to, you know, Jericho comes over with Mox. Shit. And then we get the iconic photo of the gas can and the bloody Yankee shirt. Oh, like, my God. There's just so much in this Everyone match. turning that into a GTA loading screen. You are all heroes. <laughs> it's so fucking good. And Ooh. I want to say, and I'll let you guys talk about the rest of the match. My MVPs. 2.0, baby. And they cut one hell of a promo in the oh, back yes, afterwards. He yes, he did. Listen. These are my I, I dudes, wanna, and they showed out. I want to go now because I want Cole to tell his story about how he finds out the Celtics won, right? And that's his fucking team. And, <laughs> and this is, it's a great story. But this match was, I don't, like, this was better than the stadium stampedes. This was, to me, this is one of the best things that AEW has ever done. And AEW's yeah. done a lot of great things. But the fact that Wild Thing played like on a loop <laughs> reminded me of New Jack and the Natural Born Killers until when I looked at a clip that Chris Jericho broke the soundboard because he was tired of hearing the shit. <laughs> it was great. But then you have, I'm going to get to the Kingston shit in a minute. But you had like LAX just jumping off of shit, people fighting all over the arena, 2.0 taking a beating. Daniel Garcia goes on Twitter afterwards and says, Garcia don't bleed. He never bleeds. If you ever look at him, the guy gets beat up by all kinds of shit and he never bleeds. Um, Moxley and Jericho going ham. There was just so much in this match. It was complete anarchy. I need, I want to watch it though, because I want to see how production handled it. Because I heard from people that watched it, it was like it was handled so well. It felt like you didn't miss anything. But there was so much shit going on. Like everybody was getting their ass kicked for the entirety of this match. And obviously, you know, uh, Jericho Appreciation Society wins. But the real winner of this shit is, I know you said two points, Eddie fucking Kingston. Mm-hmm. Like this guy. So after this match, some of you may have saw that I tweeted that the day that Kingston wins the AEW championship, the roof is going to blow off the place. That went viral. Then I tweeted yesterday that Kingston showed up in L.A. with a Yankees jersey and nobody said shit. I was like, the guy can do no wrong. That went viral. And I'm like, yo, this dude is over on levels that we have never seen for a guy who looks very regular, but is so charismatic that people just want. He's the ultimate underdog story. 
And this maniac coming down the ring, bleeding, blood soaked into his eye with a gas can. And then not only does he try to, who was it? Which one? Jericho. Is, one of the two tried, points. Jer- yeah, he tried to, oh, Jericho. He tried to light Jericho He doesn't just try to light Jericho on fire. Brian Daniels is caught in the crossfire. He's getting, like, he's getting dumped on. It's like, this motherfucker is crazy. And they start fighting. And that's what really blew the match apart for them is because they were never really a team. And the Jericho Appreciation Society was a team. Kingston had one motive, and that was to kill Chris Jericho. Not, like, that was literal. He tried to burn the man alive. But the man is so over that I really do wonder. Like, some people say his work isn't that great. You know, he had a great match with Jericho. He's had a great match with Moxley. He's a brawler. He's not, no, you're not getting five-star matches out of this fucking guy. What you are getting is entertainment, and you're buying into whatever he does. He has to win the championship at some point. Even if it's like short lived, like like I know I saw people booking this all over my timeline. I need, but I saw Foley run. Well, yeah, it's the Foley run, but he, like he's different. Like some people, are like oh, the network would never let him. Yes, they would. It'll be one perfect, day, one day. It, Give him one week. Listen, in a perfect scenario, Eddie Kingston. I don't know if he beats CM Punk. I know there's a lot of people that that's what they want to say. I don't care who he beats, but whoever he beats, MJF beats him. And that, like, that just puts the heat right back on the MJF. And if you imagine the promos between Kingston and MJF, oh, my God. We talk about great promos in the business. His alcohol promo was fucking phenomenal. Just hit him in a room with a fucking bottle. Just his way of clicking in and out of voices and inflection. And that promo was amazing. But Cole. Dude. The, we, wait, hold on, hold on. Hear your point of view. I, I gotta hear it, but it's just, I mean, am I wrong in saying that I think Kingston should be the champion in 2023 at some point? Uh, no, I 100. percent I think you give so him the fucking over. I think you give him the Foley run, maybe more than one night, right? Like, yeah. but you have these, um, like you have a July television pay per view, right? Like, or not a, but a television special. I would love to see him win it on Wednesday. From two nights, win it on Wednesday, lose it on Rampage on Friday. <laughs> but like, because that'll make him an even bigger sympathy character. But he can say he did it, and for those Dude. two days, he'd be amazing. Win it on Dude. Wednesday at the special. Punk beats him again for it on Friday or something. Cool, and just hot potato it real quick. But it'll be the story of the summer. Dude, have him win that shit, in New York. That's it. Yeah. Get he me. wins in New York. Like, put it in the garden. And he wins? Like, the hype to that match will be... And he wins? Come on. And he could drop it to the... And I don't even need him to win clean. I don't care say, how he say, wins. Say Punk's in a feud with somebody, right? Right. Heading into the pay-per-view. Whatever heel is there. Or, like, say if it's Punk Miro or Punk whoever. And Punk's feuding with a... Okay, the next big bat. Have that guy cost Punk. Eddie Kingston takes still a feel good moment in the garden, Whatever. bloody standing in the crowd, just holding the belt up. Dude, the, 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 the roof will blow off the pace. So now Cole, tell us how you found out. Oh my God. One. Yeah. So anarchy in the arena starts. I, I've been following the game on my phone this entire <laughs> time. Um, much to the chagrin of, of Tony Khan, who uh, we, we witnessed go, Oh God, game six. <laughs> is over and the Celtics lost. Oh God. And he kept going like, I'm sorry for you. I'm like, no, Tony, I'm sorry. I just cost you a bunch of money. My bad. Um, 
But anyways, six six thirty is left in the game. And then anarchy in the arena starts. There is so much going on. Wild things playing. Everything's fucking crazy. We're all looking in different directions. We can't believe what's happening. We're trying to look up at the at the Jumbotron to see where Eddie Kingston is. Uh, Brian Danielson is right behind us with one of the guys from uh, 2.0. I completely forget about the game. Completely. Like, just because just it's stimulation overload. Brian Danielson looks me straight in the eyes, and he points <laughs> at the chairs. And I go, okay, you got it, dude. And so I get out of the way. Brian Danielson throws the 2.0 guy on the chair. His boot actually clipped my calf, so I, I took a bump uh, during anarchy. Um, soft bump, soft bump. I'm okay. I've recovered. Um, but uh, next thing you know, Chris Jericho is at my feet. And what's great is on the video, I can hear Cal in the background go, Producer Colby Bay on the main cam. Um, <laughs> it's all just completely wild. And then midway through the match, or about a, like three quarters of the way, I I look down at my phone and my dad texts me and he goes, the Celtics are going to the finals. So like my jaws already dropped. I'm like this the whole time. I'm just like, it's like, what the fuck is going on? I enter a state of like pure euphoria, bl- a bliss of just like, okay, my team has won and I'm in the middle of the craziest wrestling thing I've ever been in my entire life. And maybe will ever be ever. Um, and and then and then like shortly after that Eddie Kingston comes down with the gas can like you can't you can't make this shit up whatever happened in that match you can't I don't know how you plan any of that stuff but like moment to moment in that matchup unbelievable and everybody like I can remember like some something from everybody in that in that matchup and and by the way We'll say we talk about trios titles and, and some good trios. I think it would be cool if you stuck 2.0 with Daniel Garcia and they did some trio mm. stuff. I think that would be yeah. that would be great for Daniel Garcia to get him some so, some more TV time as well. So, um, well, oh, my God, that match was I, I don't think I'll ever I'll be able to ever say any like for the for the longest time. I said Invisible Man, Invisible Stan was the greatest thing I've ever been a part of in a, in, in, in a live arena. Uh, this is this is just I can't say anything more about this. This was just crazy. I've never seen anything like it. So, man, it, it was great to be a part of that. And then the next matchup, Jurassic Express defeated Keith Lee and Swerve, and Team Taz, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. I mean, I'll keep it brief. I'm over it. Great match. I'm over Jurassic Express. They were ready for See, Swerve you're one and of those Keith. Guys. Yeah, like. Everyone was ready for Swerve and Keith. Swerve ran up Keith's belly and did a backflip off the man's chest. The crowd went crazy and then winked at the crowd. Like, how amazing was that? They, the crowd was ready for new tag team champions. I've been ready for two pay-per-views. I picked against the damn Jurassic Express. Then they keep winning. And to me, again, there's so much talent in this tag team division. It's time. They had their run. It it hasn't made them a bigger tag team. And I can say that objectively. Holding the belts for four months has not increased their profile at all. And they have not increased the profile of those belts. It's time to move on. I don't know, man. 
like I said, I, I'm not I'm not the guy. Like I, if the title swap happened, it, it wouldn't have bothered me. But the fact that it didn't, it doesn't bother me as much as it does some people because, of course, they're not going to hold on the titles forever. But if if they lose the titles, then what would possibly be next for those those two? So I feel like it needs to be a story that Jungle Boy can immediately jump into, and I think it's the the Christian story. Um, but I thought the match was great. Like just in short, I just thought the match was these guys like it was it was essentially two tag teams that weren't really tag teams that were joining forces to try to be the tag champs in powerhouse Hobbs and Starks and Swerve and Keith Lee which I have no problem with in this scenario because Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus just kind of became tag, a tag team themselves with Jurassic Express what the hell is Marco stunned by the way um I think he got released did he yeah um, I think his contract so. his, well his contract was just up and then he's gone yeah, because he's a guy you could just throw around. But yeah, I just thought the match I thought the match was really good. I thought in terms of like pure entertainment, it was like watching those new Japan shows where you get that wild ass tag match and you like don't care about the story going into it. You just want to see motherfuckers just do shit. That, yep. This was I want to see motherfuckers do shit match. And these motherfuckers did a lot of shit. And so they I, had I enjoyed it. They had a really tough act to follow. And I think they were the they only did. ones capable of it. Because they kept that that crowd stayed juiced through that match. When that crowd could have easily just been dead from yeah, they could have got eight up sti- sti- stimulation overload. But like, I think there's still meat on the bone with Swerve, Keith Lee, and Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. So I don't have a problem with Jurassic Express winning. I I agree. I think it's got to be something something that gets Jungle Boy into the single scene because you can't really do that with Luchas- uh with Luchasaurus. So. No. Uh, I had no problem with the result. It was just a great match. And again, they had a really tough act to follow. Yeah, no, 100%. Again, match was good. Outcome, not my favorite. Then main event, CM Punk versus Hangman Page. 26 minutes. I'm not sure if it needed 26 minutes, but we got to the outcome that I think was needed. And you're right, like CM Punk, Heading into Chicago as champion, you look at the dynamite numbers just after that. It's one of their biggest dynamites of the year. Like I guess it's not rocket science. You put the belt on a guy who's who's one of the most popular wrestling figures of the past 20 years, it's gonna be good for business. Yeah, okay. I like the match. CM Punk flubbing the buckshot was funny. You should stop doing that. <laughs> um the throw, the callback to Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper was very evident in the close of this match, where Cole decided, uh, Cole Page decided against using the belt. Some people hated this, like, is this a fucking Bret Hart love fest on AEW? Yeah, kind of. Get over it. Um, but I thought it, the callback was great. The right guy won. Um, I wanted Punk to turn heel, but I, I think we've reached this. I don't want to call it weird. I think we've reached this this moment in Punk's career where. I think he'll eventually turn heel. He just doesn't need to do it yet. And this match was, you know, this match did more for Paige than some people would think. As we are talking, Paige is going to be working Okada at Forbidden Door. Paige's story is not over, mm. right? Paige's story is, and if you've been paying a lot of, paying really close attention to AEW, AEW has been about the rise and fall of Hangman Page since its fucking inception. Like that has been the, the one constant is what Hangman is doing. Hangman loses to, he wins the uh, the Battle Royal thing, loses to Jericho. 
He works his way back up. The Dark Order thing happens. He teams with Kenny. Like, you go through all those things about Hangman. He wins the title. He has his two amazing matches with Brian Danston. Yo, some dumbass on Twitter said that Hangman's run was like Big E's run in WWE. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Big E was He has the greatest match in AEW history. Right. And he had two of them with Brian Danielson. He went over twice on Danielson. I think, but the whole story has been about Hangman. How Hangman rebounds from this is going to be a story again. Because he's the man, like, dog, he's working Okada at Forbidden Door. If that doesn't tell you that this company believes in Hangman, I don't know what does. I think the fact of the matter is, we don't have a lot of time with Punk. We don't know when this shit's going to end. Yeah. So give him this little title run now. He's going to rub a lot of people. Shit, he can work trios with FTR. Holy shit. It's another oh, yeah. trios. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to do here, but it's obvious that when Punk is champion, he's the most over guy in the company. No matter what you think, he brings eyeballs to the product, and he's good for pro wrestling. To see a man happy that went like I didn't get a chance to ask him this either because Tony talked a lot. <laughs> when Punk won in Ring of Honor, it was to prove that he was the best in the world. The summer of Punk, he wanted to prove it on his way out that he was the best pro wrestler in the world. When Punk first won in WWE and he got the title taken from him on some dumbass injury angle, it was, he was constantly trying to prove himself. When Punk won at Money in the Bank and beat uh, John Cena, he was still kind of trying to prove himself that he was worthy of being that man because he knew how good he was. Then Punk has a long title run, he loses the title, he leaves WWE. This title run is completely different than any of CM Punk's previous title runs. I don't think he gives a shit about proving to people how good he is. I think he just enjoys the opportunity to work whoever the fuck he wants to work. And I think that's what, what this is about to be. I, he's already worked Darby Allen. He's already worked Powerhouse Hobbs. He's going to work Daniel Garcia. Like, I, I don't see what's wrong with Punk being champion. And uh, even watching him on Dynamite, I saw some people like, this is the worst AEW champion of all time. He had those botches in that match. But I'm like, what's wrong with you guys, man? I remember when you guys love CM Punk. And if you guys hate CM Punk and believe that CM Punk is like selfish, you're looking at the wrong version of CM Punk. This is a different CM Punk. Completely different. I'm fine with this match. I'm fine with him winning. You might be right, Kel. may not need to be as long as it was because the show was already long in the tooth. But other than that, this only helps their product even more. I mean, it's CM Punk. Like, right. are you kidding me? Like, Sooner or later, and we've seen this, they've been astute enough to do what's best for business. Because at the end of the day, the, the smarks cannot run the asylum. No. You will fail. If you only please the smarks and the diehards, you will fail. And Jericho going over on page was the right decision. Exactly. To start. Punk winning now is the right decision because you don't know how much longer you have these guys and they have cachet and, and you build future building blocks on their backs and the youngsters can always come and get the belt back again. You know, you, you have 15 years of Adam page by the end of this, you're going to look back and he's going to have as many title runs as Tanahashi. Hey, who uh, we also saw this week. But, exactly. you, you know, he's going to hold the belt. He's going to be there, Randy Orton. That's Hangman Page. He's there, Randy Orton. 
you're going to look up and be like, this motherfucker held the belt 13 times. Like, wow. And he's feuded with everybody. That's, that's Hangman Page. He's going to get this back. But heading into Chicago, heading into, I mean, currently I have COVID, but post-COVID, like, you know, like touring and shit like that. Like, you have this run. As great as Jericho was, a lot of his stuff was done during COVID. Right. Like, you, you didn't have the live Jericho feel. You were in Daily Place. Like, you get to take CM Punk on a touring act. Cole, how much merch do we see? CM Punk merch. So, everywhere. Every fourth person. Go and make that money. This ain't, this ain't overkill, right? Like, this isn't every time Brock Lesnar comes back, he wins the title. Every time we see Bill Goldberg, he's taking the title. No. There's right spots to give Brock the belt and wrong spots. But a lot of the times it's best for business. And then the next person beats him. So you got to know when, like, you, you have to feed the machine and make your product bigger. And this is going to make them bigger. So I enjoy it. The haters are still out there, though. Um, people are going to say they're doing exactly what WCW did. Where, so, how, I don't even understand that shit. Signing people from WWE to come in and then making them your champion over younger talent. All right. There's only two. No, I guess three right. if you include Mox. But, 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 dog, Jericho started this shit. He don't count. He was the guy who came over that, that legitimized AEW, right? So he doesn't count. You could say Moxley, sure, but this was a completely different version of Moxley who held the title during a pandemic. Still counts, though. Yeah, but, but Kenny Omega, so Hangman Page. Three of their five have been ex WWE guys. But here's the better question. What the fuck does that mean? Ex-WWE guys. Again, I don't know. I'm just telling you. They're saying they're doing exactly what WCW did. They appeared on WWE let... television. Yeah, like, they're look, gonna... look, look, look. Swerve appeared on like, WWE person. The, the bloated roster is a concern, right? That's a WCW trick where you have all these good guys and then it's just like, oh, you can't pay everybody. And like shit's getting a little too crowded. But I think Tony understands like sometimes you got to let people walk. Well, well here, here's the difference, right? WCW signed motherfuckers who couldn't wrestle anymore. They just happened to be <laughs> yeah. right? So they signed every big name that they could find. Like, they signed fucking Horace Hogan, right? Like, people that just didn't matter were in WCW at some point. And, it, and when they said WCW was high, like, Goldberg was the fucking champion. He wasn't a WWE guy. It was Goldberg. He just happened to suck and hurt people. But they built Goldberg using WWE talent. They made Goldberg into a superstar. Sting, arguably, was still their biggest star. He's a WCW guy. I get that they signed these people, Hogan, Hall, Nash, X-Pac, but the the buck kind of stops after that because who else did they sign? You can't count Steiner. Steiner worked WCW before he worked WWE. You can't really count Sid. Sid was in WWE for like a cup of coffee at a time. Who, who are we talking about is all these WWE guys? Mr. Perfect? Fine. You want to say Mr. Perfect? Kurt Henning was in fucking AWA and I a bunch of other shit. half of NWO? I don't know. They have Virgil the, at one point. Like <laughs> that was, But that was the problem. If, if AEW was signing the Virgils of the world and putting them in these high spots to work, 
yeah, I could get it. But WCW also did a good job with the cruiserweight division. They made Jericho a star. They made Rey Mysterio a star. All up under propping up the product with WWE talent. I don't see where people are saying, oh, they're taking over. Like, your TBS champion is Jay Cargill. Your TNT champion is Scorpio Sky. Before that, it was Cody and, and Sammy. What are we talking about here? Your tag champions have been the Bucks and... You could say FTR was like a WWE tag team, but let's be honest. We know they weren't really used properly. Like, you, I'm not going to pat. Like, that's saying, uh, let me think. Let me think of a Yankee who wasn't a Yankee and became a Yankee and then was like the man as a Yankee. Pick one because you guys have had everybody. A-Rod? Okay. That's, that's A-Rod's a, that, that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah. Do you say, oh, they just they plucked him from the Rangers in Seattle? No, A-Rod's a Yankee. Yeah. Right? A-Rod's a Yankee. He got a massive contract as a Yankee. He was a Yankee. And he did all his majority of his work as a Yankee. I don't get it. Everybody's got to work somewhere. And a lot of WWE talent were, was signed during the hoarding stage of WWE, and uh, most of them didn't reach their potential. Like, FTR was great in NXT, didn't reach their potential in the main roster. Swerve, Keith Lee, Athena... You run down this list, you can't say, oh, they're just taking WWE talent. No, WWE didn't know what the fuck to do with them. They yeah. just hoarded them. I, I would get it if it was a bunch of old WWE fucks becoming uh, AEW champions. Then I would see this argument. If it was a bunch of old guys running around. If it was, they like, I'm trying to think of a, who's an old person in WWE that they could sign. I don't fucking know. I would, I would even say Randy Orton, but Randy ain't never going to war. Nah, they pay it's him like, way too much. Like if they signed fucking Kane and made Kane AEW champion, then you got an argument, <laughs> right? Like, but I, I just don't get it. People got to work, and they're being utilized differently. So even Danielson and Moxie, you see the shit they're doing? They're doing nothing that they were doing in WWE, not even close. They're trying to kill people in there. I don't get it. I don't 100% get it. agree. Right uh, um, get off of it. So that's AEW, double or nothing. Let's hit a quick break, come back. I will run through real quick because it's quick. been a long-ass pot already. Some WWE stuff, NXT stuff before we get out of here. Um, actually, before we are chopping it up with Kenny King in a very fun interview. So you guys don't go anywhere. Plenty of wrestling to go. Be right back after this. All right, everybody, we are back. Let's just wrap this up real quick, talking WWE. First and foremost, before we even get into that, trade the white chick everyone's thirsting over in NXT 2.0 <laughs> is shaking her MAGA rump on Twitter and on TikTok. Yo. See, I tell you, I'll be telling y'all, you be watching the devils, man. You got to be careful because <laughs> she's one of them. She's going to trap you and try to recruit you to storm the Capitol. Nikita Lyons is uh who warned us? Corey Erdman? Yeah, was he the, was so. he the first Corey one? Corey has all the dirt. Yeah, all he was the, the first dirt. one on the scene. But yeah, now she she posts on Memorial Day a song by a black rapper. He's black, who's talking about like uh Second Amendment rights and shit. And I was just like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, fuck her. Right? That's the end of Nikita Lyons. <laughs> you would think the comment section was like i know 
I like, know. yo, if you MAGA, I MAGA too. Like, let me bury <laughs> oh the face. Dude. Like the comment oh, section gosh. did not care. If there's one thing that's the great equalizer, it is a lot of ass. Obviously, yeah. if you have a lot of ass, a lot can be forgiven. Yeah, I ain't forgiving nothing. That's anyway, that's enough about the lines. <laughs> So I, uh, I, I want to say this before we even start talking about Hell in the Cell. Because Hell in the Cell is this weekend. I, I will say this in, with confidence. That I don't think I've had less interest in WWE as a record label crew <laughs> entity in at least the last 15 years. Like, this is the least interest that I've had in the whole w, SmackDown, Raw, and NXT I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they're trying to do, but I had a feeling that there was going to be a problem with Roman and Brock won both titles. But now the Usos won the titles on a fucking throwaway SmackDown show, which was weird to me. I guess maybe Randy was hurt and they had to get him out of there. But there, I have zero interest in what's going on. Even when WWE main roster was at its worst, we always had NXT. Yep. We always could go, well, TakeOver is going to deliver and we're going to get straight bangers. And we would get bangers. And that was like a decade ago. We're heading into a weekend where there are two network specials in your house for NXT 2.0 and hell in the cell for WWE. My man said a decade ago. That was like two years ago. <laughs> no, I'm just saying for NXT, like when NXT first got here, it was like 2013, right? When yeah, NXT- I mean, but the NXT where it blew up like bangers every month was like 2015, 2016. But even in that 2013-ish run, when we first yeah. got our taste of takeover, we were like, oh, this is different. We got Sami Zayn versus Cesaro. We got Pac, who was Neville at the time, like chasing the the NXT championship with Bo Dallas. Like there was, it was, we saw something special happening. But now we sit here and there's nothing special happening on either of these shows. I don't care. I'm going to watch them because it's an institution and that's what I do with pro wrestling is I watch it all. But yo, I I cannot remember a time I've, I've been so uninterested in the pro in the programming for both these all these shows they suck i mean i'm not trying to watch it and that's saying something i mean i i watched whatever the hell was on hulu for a second just because ricochet was on there so it's like it's it's tough i think ricochet's still a champion i'm not i'm not positive he's the ic champion and it looks like they're moving towards a feud with walter i'm not gonna call him gunther sorry guys it looks like oh, he's yeah. moving into a few of Walter because Walter's over there annihilating Drew Gulak. And they had a ta- they tag team on SmackDown to face Walter. And I don't even know what they've called his 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 mouthpiece now, but whatever. Um, this is the first time I watched a, um, a NXT and WWE, and there's people. I'm like, who the fuck is that? This is the first time this ever happened in my life. I'm like, I, I can't even keep up with these name changes anymore. I don't care. Ricochet is the IC champion, and nobody cares. I don't even know if Ricochet cares. He's not defending it at hell in the cell. What the fuck? There's one. <sighs> hell in the cell has no matches from SmackDown. Ronda Rousey's not defending her title because they have nothing for her to do. They've had her feuding with Raquel Rodriguez for yeah. no reason. Isn't Bailey due back? Like that should be the feud. Get, so, get somebody on the phone because this thing needs help. They, they're moving talent back and forth on Raw and SmackDown, so there's nothing there. It's it's bad. And listen, guys, I get why Sasha and Naomi walked out because <laughs> there's nothing here for them to do. 
Some people thought this was a work. This is a shoot, brother. They're not even, they haven't even mentioned them since that, that walkout. They've already scrapped the tag tournament to crown new women's tag titles. So they have no tag teams. They've already scrapped it. Did they? They've already scrapped it. There are no tag teams. The belts might the be dead. Might be dead with the with everything going on. And honestly, I can see why they told Sasha and Naomi to be in those feuds. There's nobody else. There's nothing there. They tried to build a division. Well, Sasha probably first and foremost, and then Naomi w- with her. They wanted to build a tag division, and Sasha probably said, "Hey, if I'm not doing nothing at Mania, how about me and Naomi win these titles?" And we we rebuild this division. And they probably got lied to. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And now they're being told, hey, Naomi, you're going to lose to Bianca. Why? We don't know. We're just going to build a feud for no fucking reason and have you lose, even though you're a tag champion. And Sasha, hey, you're going to go work Ronda again, and you're going to lose to her. So you're going to be two losing-ass tag team champions. And the two of them were like, nah. And again, Sasha first, Naomi second. Sasha was like, I don't need this shit. I'm on the Mandalorian and walked out the door. And Naomi was like, I'll just live off my husband's money. I don't need this shit. I've been undervalued for so long in this company. And I've been waiting to get a bone thrown to me. And I get another bone thrown to me as a tag champion. And this, this shit you book. I get it, man. This is the product is bad right now. It's horrible. So real quick, just touch it on on the cell. Finn, AJ, Liv Morgan, which are two sweeting again, um, versus Judgment Day, Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Judgment Day has to win. They're a new faction. And they're going to introduce a new person, probably. Better be Ciampa. It should be Ciampa. And then um, after this... Wait, why why is Liv Morgan throwing up the two sweet? What what are we doing? I don't know. Then we have Theory versus is Mustafa Ali. This is going to be a good fucking match. Yes, it is. Good match. Like We know what's going to happen. Thank God they're using Mustafa Ali. Yeah, we know what's going to happen. But I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence about this. Some people would be like, thank God they're using Mustafa Ali. But I'm like, I don't think this is what Ali expected when he came back. He came back and I think he wanted to get like some real feuds and be treated like somebody who can win shit. Nobody thinks he's beating Austin Theory. No. He went in there and got, got choked out by Veer, and we haven't seen Veer since. They've spent all that time building this big fuck and he chokes like the Mysterios out and, and then he just disappears. It's all bad. I don't think Mustafa Ali is looking at us like, thank God I'm on television. I think Mustafa Ali is more like, I'd rather be at home collecting my check, not doing this shit. I think he's like, yo. Like, this is one of those things where you hate your job, but you're putting together a reel. So he's yeah. just like, I don't want to do any weekly shit, but if you put me on a pay-per-view with this kid who can wrestle. I'm going to show out. Yeah. Oh, we're going to show out? So when I do go back, and you, you're you going to, sooner or later, this contract is up. And people are like, no, this motherfucker can wrestle. So this is just his, like, bi-yearly, oh, no, wait, he's the real deal. This, so, yeah, this is- we're going to see 205 Live Mustafa Ali. Yeah, this is a uh, right now the product because people like pledge allegiance to promotions and I don't. I just look at the talent. The talent's trying to turn chicken shit into chicken salad, and they're they're really having a hard time doing it. But the work that Kevin Owens is doing, who is he's on this card like Sami Zayn trying to be in, in the bloodline. Like they're doing great character work with what they have, mm-hmm. but what they're being given is trash. 
That being said, Austin Theory is definitely going up on Mustafa Ali. Uh, there's no way Mustafa Ali is winning this match at all. And then we have Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. God, no, Kevin I mean, Owens is incredible. Yeah, this is the blowout of blow off of that. He has piece. he has made the Ezekiel thing work. Yep. Yes. And then I think he's earned his spot in Money in the Bank. Not that he's going to win it, but I think that's just where he goes next. I mean, yeah, they they probably gave. This is crazy. Think about this. Kevin Owens just feuded with Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Yep. And they come to Kevin Owens and say, hey, guess what? We're going to bring back Elias and call him Ezekiel, shave his beard, put some Ultimate Warrior tassels on him, make that shit work. That's, that's work. a worse decision, yeah. Yeah, and, and he made it work. Like, like, this speaks to how great Kevin Owens is. He made that shit work. This shit shouldn't have worked. Anybody else that was given this, like, how about this? Sasha would have walked out. If this was Sasha, it was just like, <laughs> I just main evented WrestleMania and this is the shit you're giving me. Yeah. She walked out. She would have been like, I can't do this. Kevin Owens is making this shit work. Kudos to him. I don't know if this is the blow off of the feud because if it's the blow off, what happens to Ezekiel? I mean, this is it. I mean, this was nobody your, your cares, but no, Kevin Owens I... made this something, not Ezekiel. So. Um, then we have Bobby Lashley versus Omos again, oh and MVP. Like, what the fuck? I don't even we just had backlash. I don't even care about this shit enough to give a prediction. Um, Y'all feel so bad for. I feel so bad for MVP. I have this feeling that MVP was told, "Hey, man, you're going to turn on Bobby Lashley, who you've been great with as the Hurt Business, because the Hurt Business was something we should have never destroyed, and we're going to give you this super green giant who can hardly move. Now make it work." This feels like a big joke. Which, I mean, I, I guess, like, as a manager, this is, is kind of what you sign up for. You but know? he's working like, the match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that's a little bit ridiculous. Um, like MJ, I mean, MJF, like, MVP is going to be the, he could be the, he's going to be the best worker on their team, and he's a manager. That ain't right. Yeah. Rough. And then. Bobby Lashley wins. Bianca Belair versus Asuka versus Becky Lynch. Um, I mean, it's going to be a good match. Yeah. Come on, man. There's, there's, anything with Asuka on is undeniable. And Bianca's proven herself. And Becky, even though at times there's, her work can be spotty, but for the most part, Becky's very good in the ring. Yep. This is gonna Happy to see Asuka back. Yeah. Um, so the question isn't who's going to win, because I think we all agree that Bianca, she's not losing this title. No. Who eats the pin is no. the question. Asuka. Oscar, I'm gonna go with Becky. Yeah, I'm gonna say Becky. Oscar's nah, eating that pin. Becky will be protected. And then main Cole? event, Wait, Cody Cole? Rhodes. Wait, hold on. Oh. I want to know Cole tiebreaker. Nah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Uh, no, actually, I think it's Becky, and then Oscar will kind of work into a single program with with Bianca. It's possible. I guess you gotta just, keep them away from each other for a second. I guess the reason why I said that it's Becky is I think Becky's so made that, which we're about to talk about, her and her husband can lose every match for the next six months, and they're good. Very true. That's fair, but I feel like Asuka can keep the pain because Becky, if we're looking at women's money in the bank, Becky's like the only one that could win it right now. (laughs) So you kind of got to protect her going into July, right? Like unless Bailey comes back and you're saving Bailey for the money in the bank match. Um, there's no other woman on the roster that could that could win it. None. Oof, that's you're right. You Holy need six. Shit. 
No, no, no. They have one. They have one. Rhea Ripley. But she's still just so young into this faction. I know, but she could win. She could win money in the bank. She could. She, could. she, she could. should. To be honest with you, she should win money in the bank. But she won't. My my odds favorite right now is Liv Morgan. Ugh. Winning it. That tells you the state of it. This is not a fam. You can't find yo. They had the deepest women's division in like the history of the sport, and now we can't find six women to put in this match. Yo, maybe Raquel Rodriguez wins this shit. Where the fuck is Io Shirai? I bet. I I bet they'll throw Alexa Bliss back in it. Oh yeah, you're right. They gave her new music too. Yeah. Where's Io Shirai, guys? Rid of the doll. I don't know what happened to Io Shirai. Honestly, it's WWE. Run, yo, run. They, they probably like put her in like English speaking classes for like four or six months and said you can't even be on TV until you learn some English. Honestly. What happened to the girl? That's what happened to the girl? Uh, uh, um, oh, my God. Zylee? No, they, they completely just got rid. Her, Shotzi, they, they've done some dumb shit. At oh, least Shotzi. People, yeah. People like, at least Shotzi's on TV. Do you see the shit she's doing? Like, it's but bad. Shotzi's the star. He's a like, star. Treat her like they, one. No, no, no. Uh, uh, EO's tag partner in NXT. Oh, my God. Well, I can't think of her name. I didn't even know she tagged. Wow, dog. You watched NXT. She was in a tag team. And then her yeah, partner got hurt. What was know. her name? I'm going to look it up. Pro- Keep going. She probably got cut. <laughs> like, to be honest. You might have. No, she didn't tell cut. nobody. Is it the shining wizard chick? No. The not, shiniest not wizard? Not. Oh no, she was definitely cut. Um, yeah, see, yeah, no, no, no. They no, lost no. Dakota Kai. They've, they've lost a lot from that women's division. A ton. Christ, what is so? That? There's not even like any of that. Uh, and then we have main event: Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, Zoe Stark. Oh, fam, That's I couldn't, right. I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. I can't. So but, let's just yeah. let's just act like she's not there. Um. So Cody versus Seth. Seth is down what 3 0? 2 0. 2 0. He go he's gonna get this by by shenanigans because it's hell in a cell. You can win hell in a cell by shenanigans. I disagree with you. He's gonna lose I think, again. Yeah. Look, either the fast striking this or not, Cody didn't sign this contract to not be a champion at some point sooner than later. He's winning Mr. Money in the Bank. He's winning Money in the Bank. You Maybe. lock that shit up right now. Maybe. Because I don't even know what Money in the Bank is anymore because they've recently just said on the, the, the uh, average, it was like, win a shot to main event WrestleMania. And I was like, I thought that was a Royal Rumble, not Money in the Bank. What? They are, they are changing what Money in the Bank is, which there's no direction on the show. It could change again. Cody Money, may in, not the win Money in the Bank headlines, right? No, Money in the Mania. Bank, you cash in whatever the fuck you want. That's Yeah, but this year, it, it headlines Mania. The why have the Royal Rumble? What are we doing? It, this this year, it's like New Japan, right? Like, so when you hold the briefcase, but you know your main event's at Wrestle Kingdom. Dog, um, you know how much worse that is? In which, Here's why. In which Cody's going to win. It's going to be nine <laughs> months. It's going to be like Cody versus There Roman. you go. Nine months, your pencil is the main event. What if you cool off? What if you get hurt? And you don't trust Vince to stick on something for nine months. He can move off. Trust him to stick on something for nine minutes. Doug. So yeah. I think Cody's winning because either they are going to 
like you said, have him win the Money in the Bank, or they're going to have him work Roman at SummerSlam and get one of those titles off him. I don't think Rollins, there's nothing to gain here. Rollins yeah. is in that weird spot now where he's like, he loses, he's fine. You'll throw him in another feud. He'll work his ass off. He'll look great at it. But Cody losing would hurt him more than it would if Rollins loses. Cody going three up puts him right into the title picture. And that's, that's what he came for. He, it, Cody didn't show up here to be a, a, a talent, a WWE no. superstar. He came to get his hands on the one thing that eluded his father. It's WWE championship. Correct. He's going over. I'll give you that. I mean, I at this point, there's no good answer to their book. <laughs> right? There's there's no like real good way for this shit to end up. They're in a pickle no matter how you how you slice it. So is it even we'll a pickle? What, it's a that, toilet. Lord knows. Hey, Adrian Broner's coming back. On wow. a side note. Yeah. Hey man, real, real quick, real quick, because we didn't even talk about in your house NXT. Like, can I just run down these matches for you? Yeah, because I don't know any of them. Cameron Grimes is working Carmelo Hayes. Hayes should have never lost his titles for the NXT no. North American title. Pretty Deadly, who came over from NXT UK, which are, they're really good, are working the Creed Brothers. And if the Creed Brothers lose, they have to leave Diamond Mine. Diamond Mine still a thing? They don't have a manager. No. What is this? Did Roddy get cut? Roddy's still there. He's been interfering in their matches. Oh. I'm just running. We don't have to give any results. I'm just telling you what's going on. This match is stupid because I think the Creed brothers are awesome. They should be the NXT tag champions at some point. Pretty Deadly is really good as well, but it's a weird stipulation to put on for a faction nobody cares about anymore. Those are my dudes in NXT UK. They're they're a good tag team with a good gimmick. They are. They are. Yeah. Then we have Tony D'Angelo, which I can't understand for the life of me why this is still a thing. Yo, it's over with his crew. No, it's not because he has a faction with Channing Stax Lorenzo, Troy Two Dimes Donovan, and they're facing Legato Del Fantasma. And the losing team joins the winning team stable. That makes sense. So we're going to have Mexicans and Italians running around here. What? What are we doing? Next. We have Mandy Rose versus Wendy Chu. Now, listen, I like Wendy Chu. I, I like she's Wendy made, Chu, too. She's made it very fun wrestling in, like, a onesie and shit like that. Could she win the championship? Sure. But I don't think so. Mandy Rose Man. is still holding yeah. this thing. Yeah. Then we have Toxic Attraction, Julie Dolan and JC Jane, versus <sighs> the wrestler formerly known as Casey Catmanzaro, who is now Katana Chance. For reasons I don't know, and Caden Carter for the tag titles. Uh, oh, because sure. that was her real name. So yeah, yeah, can't let her use her real name. But sure, whatever. I don't care who wins this match because I didn't no. seen Caden and Casey do anything to warrant a tag title match. But whatever. And like, meanwhile, they've renamed Kaylee Ray Alba Fire, and we haven't seen her on TV yet. Well, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Then we have the main event. Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy. If Breaker gets disqualified, he loses the NXT championship. Now, they've already gotten rid of Gacy's heater, right? He's been kind of running around with these hooded guys. And Breaker's in this weird spot because he can't really carry this feud. How did they cut the big dude? Because it's mid-feud. Yeah. But they keep this feud going without them. Gacy's done nothing that's proved to anybody that he can beat Breaker. 
and I'm calling him Breaker, Steiner. And uh, Steiner is in a feud where it's like, why am I even doing this? This doesn't help me. This doesn't help me at all. I'm supposed to be the guy. I shouldn't be having like working a guy who did nothing to get a title opportunity. So that is your NXT in your house network special on Saturday. This is rough. Yeah, it's ugly, man. I'm not going to lie. Says, I might not watch that. Ugly. Bowling shoe ugly. That's how bad this shit is. I mean, I got five TVs. I may not find the time to watch that. Wow. <laughs> like, because I mean, dude, Saturday night is Haney versus George Cambosis, and we also have uh uh Stephen Fulton versus Daniel Roman in two boxing matches will be excellent. There's UFC fight night, and then there's the NXT special. Hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Tough competition. <laughs> yeah, now I'll be covering boxing. Uh nah, so that's man, that was my hell of a recap of AEW a preview made entertaining of the wwe weekend then we still got kenny king <laughs> coming up after this so a packed wrestling show we appreciate everyone uh in advance appreciate the well wishes i'm okay covid positive but still uh feeling pretty good in here we'll be rolling out a boxing recap come tuesday so that we can make sure that we have you know covered cambosis everything else and talk about the well i guess wednesday because we got to wait for the NY fight so we'll watch yeah. that one as well so and then preview the berlanga card and everything else from this weekend um showtime has a good card as well this weekend so tons of boxing to talk about there it's going to be a fun week next week i'm sure i'll be back in epitome of health by then so we appreciate you enjoy this kenny king interview that comes up right after the break What up, everybody? We are back, and as promised, in the building, Blue Wire Studios here in Vegas, Wynn Resort. Kenny King stops by in studio, making me look real bad. Me and Dre look real bad. Look, he's dressed to the nines. Kenny, How I don't know why you, you look bad. I'm not. I'm not about to take shame like that. Look, look, look at y'all. We are in the Wynn Casino. I don't know if you see. It's nothing but money and honeys walking past here so, and uh, you know so i gotta walk in and i gotta walk out you never know what i could walk into <laughs> kenny i gotta let you know my mom's and my mom is like i put my mom on black my mom is stupid young she's like 50. okay she watches our show all the time all this stuff she watched our wrestling with stereo you want our guest our first guest on that you've been a friend of pod for a second Mom's like, who is this man? I'm like, yo, mom. If you, I was like, I ain't even gonna tell you his name. So when my mom sees this show, if a random Puerto Rican woman hops in your DMs, <laughs> ignore it, please, because my mom has the biggest crush on you, and it is it is horrible. So yeah, I can't even tell you, my mom's you coming on this show right now. Fair enough. Everybody fair else enough. will know if she stumbles upon it. Please ignore the crazy Puerto Rican woman in your DMs. The problem with that is you're gonna have to be real specific. <laughs> there's a uh, lot of Puerto Rican well I'm, I, I happen to be a crazy Puerto Rican magnet uh, <laughs> oh, no. okay I, I thought I, I, I always say I learned right but I don't, I don't know if you learned so, so like the, you know just be specific. Puerto Rican so I, women maybe so your kryptonite block the one that made you 
right? <laughs> <laughs> and they, That's right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'll be very cordial. Hello, I, I appreciate you. Uh, now blocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll let you know. <laughs> Tell my I did mom not to think that that's where we we're starting today. <laughs> I just got to let them know, yo. My mom's, my mom's like, who is, I believe the exact quote was, who is that specimen of a man? Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> ma. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? And then Kenny walk in here. Thankfully, we got this desk. He in here showing thigh meat. <laughs> <laughs> this like, is the thing. All right. So let's can we talk about the thigh meat thing? Let's we'll talk, we'll talk about it. Because I am uh I'm a 90s kid, right? I'm an 80s baby and 90s kid, right? Uh hip hop to the core. I was raised in the era where I you I better not see your knees. <laughs> let me catch you outside and, and I and I grew up in Florida at 90 degrees and let me see the, your kneecap at all. I need to see, I could barely should even see your shin. That's how with the jeans and shorts that I grew up in, where it's this little piece of, of, of leg you can see between the shin and the top of your sneaker, right? Um, and now all of a sudden, like you got, like you got it, you you really just like you can't find baggy jeans, you can't find shorts. That nah, you got to show your knees. Your, this thigh meat is a thing. The girls like it, I guess. So they love it this it's, summer, it's, I guess. It's like these hoochie daddy shorts. Hoochie daddy short thing. I feel like I've been waiting. I don't. You saw it, like boy, oh I've been waiting. <laughs> um, no, because I'm, 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 I had to take a deep breath and and, and kind of go with the times because I just felt like 17, 18 year old me is like, bro, what are you doing? Why are your legs out? Of course. What is happening here? Why are you, your thighs are out? But the girls are like, your thighs are out. So, Do you show up to your daughter's school like this? Um, Like you well, just pop up and your daughter just be like, daddy? Well, Why are you showing all this thigh meat? Put them away, bro. <laughs> put them just, away. Just at school flexing? Just, yeah. it, it was the tank tops that she got. She would be like, you can't, you can't stop coming to my school after the gym. I'm like, this is, this is convenient for me, right? I go to the gym, I pick you up. Yeah, but I don't need to hear people talk about you and your arms. Like, well, you know, what you want. You can. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're that dad, right? Because yeah. it was always, you're like, we're about the same age. We always had that mom yep. that pulled up. He was yep. like, oh. yo. Oh. And you, you know, we as kids, we were, we weren't discreet. I'm gonna fuck your mom. Like we used to be like that. It's all bad. Now imagine what the, the girls saying to your daughter when they see you pulling. I'm not dad. I'm not dad. Uh, also because teachers, uh, coaches. It was the teachers. It see? was the teachers. Her, yeah. our, uh, her technology teacher used to be like, would you tell your dad I said hi? You tell you. Friday after next. We tell your fine dad. I said, ah. Yeah, great. Yeah, those those grades are looking good too. You know, I was like, I thought I failed that test. Grades, grades, always good in technology. So I got nothing to say. Technology grades was straight. All right, yeah. Now we gonna keep my mom away from you. Your mom, technology teacher. Everybody. There's a Everybody. lot going on. It's Memorial Day weekend in Vegas, too. Yes, yes. This is a, this is a big weekend in Vegas, man. Oh, it's yeah. usually a weekend where, I mean, as you know, bro, if you live here, you you, you you chill. You don't go out. You you kind of might dip your toe in, but there's just a lot of craziness. Uh, all the all the connects at the spots act like they don't know you. Um, <laughs> everything is back. Everybody <laughs> yeah. promoter every other Everybody, time of the year. You know, every every other time you can see your boy at the at the front door be like, hey, yo, but yeah, come in. Memorial weekend, they be <laughs> I know this motherfucker. See me, bro. Boy, he approached me about a ratio. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we fighting. So uh it's uh usually it's it's just chill. You you kick it with your folks that are local. 
Um, but it's also a wrestling weekend, so it's like one of those things where you kind of be out. Um, you got to be out. Uh, AEW's doing quite a few things uh, this weekend, and I'm seeing quite a few uh, familiar faces. Shout out to Caprice Coleman, uh, by the way, for, yeah. for doing yeah. that and getting his face seen on AEW TV. Um, so, man, it's, it's a it's a good thing. Anytime there's there's a lot of wrestling fans in town, there's a big wrestling weekend, and there's a lot of wrestling energy. Uh, it's only, just good for the business, you know? Yo, I got to ask before you start talking like pro wrestling. You're a bachelor. Yep. You've had, we've talked about the thigh meat and everything else. What is it like being a black bachelor in pro wrestling as you travel the world and see all these? I thought you were about to say in Vegas. No, nah, nah, I'm not even going to talk about Vegas. It's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that, <laughs> sir, that's a different conversation. Uh, yeah, listen. We, we live We got here. two rings on our hand. I don't know nothing about that. We can have, but I'm just saying, in, in terms of your, your career and dealing with the opposite sex outside of the ring and traveling, what's it been like for you? Ah, oh, man. So, like, it's in phases, right? Because uh, up until, uh, I guess, almost a year ago, I was engaged and I was in a relationship. So so I was in a relationship for, like, four years. So uh, a lot of my, uh, my, my life on the road was about <laughs> with, with women and women that, that, are, that are brave enough to date pro wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? There's, there has to be a lot of, a lot of uh, trust and a lot of communication and a lot of, Yes, I am at the hotel. Yes, you know what I mean? That's right. just, especially if you're dating black women, that's just kind of what that is. Um, so um, so that is different from being single on the road where, uh, so when I was young and single on the road, uh, it was very much, all right, you know, I, I know that I have to be uh, at the building this time and I know that uh, we get out at this time. So we get to the hotel and what's up? Where we going? What's the deal? Where we, where we at, right? Um, that was a little young. Now that I'm, that I'm, I don't want to call myself old, but I'm a little older uh, and I'm not really out uh, in the streets like that. It's, it's a lot different. I kind of just chill. Um, and I just kind of, you know, sometimes it comes to me and sometimes it don't. And this is one of those things where I don't have to really worry about it too tough. Man, you lucky. Because these young <laughs> kids, I, I talk to Chris Bay all the time. Like, yo, Chris, you stay off these streets. Because, like, there's the dating apps and all that. I couldn't, like, couldn't imagine. if you're young and hitting dating apps in every city. Buddy, it's Wild. Try. Yo, that's you what just I throw meant. a picture of your ring gear up <laughs> and just hit it in every like what? I mean, I still fired the bumble up sometimes. <laughs> okay, and, okay. And see what's going no, on. No, no, and that's what I mean when I say, hey, you know, sometimes it comes to me, sometimes I leave it alone. You know what I mean? It just it just uh, uh my priority is a little bit different. And and uh so but I always, you know, I I talk to my young boys and I'd be like, just be careful out here because it's uh it, there's people looking to looking at you differently. Uh, because of who you are. So you never know what situations you might find yourself in, um, especially because it does come a little bit easier if you present yourself as, you know, a, a Chris Bay is a superstar, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Chris <laughs> Bay don't got to do much right. in order to, 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 to attract, uh, attract some bees, so to speak. But you never know. You, you just never know what can come with that. And I say that because I know. <laughs> Did they call you old head in these circles? Like you're like, like you OG again? Now? Yeah, are you the OG of, of the locker? Room? I'm 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 the. It's crazy to say this, but yeah, I'm definitely in. I'm they give me unk energy. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm big unk. Uh, a lot of these guys will say stuff to me like, "Man, you know, I re- I watched you when I was blah 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 blah," and it took me a while to take. Man, you know, I used to watch when I was in eighth grade, and and I saw this movie that you did take that from what you mean you just watched me when I was in eighth grade <laughs> but I mean that's that's a testament to one right I've been doing this a long time exactly. 
and and two men dudes have just been uh and I've been fortunate enough to uh have influenced uh, had my fair share of influence and 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 I and I'm the energy is different I'm accepting it differently where I where dudes come in and and give me that and I'm just like well damn I influenced this guy and I influenced this guy so maybe I have you know maybe my my career is 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 what it is you know versus I'm still you know I, mean, I can still do this I'm still young you know <laughs> you're not jumping through tables you're not like stage diving off the third row or something no? Man, look, I think the shooting the shooting star press might be retired. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Enough of that shit, huh? The, the knees are just like, eh. I mean, look, it, doing any physical activity, any physical sport for 20 years is is going to be difficult on your knees. Doing this sport for 20 years is uh, catastrophic on your body parts. So I've been very lucky, knock on wood. Uh, thank God that I've been, you know, relatively injury-free. I feel like anybody that does any kind of like the time is going to be debilitated and one, you know, nobody's going to wake up and, and be right uh, ever again. But um, you just, I, I just start, you just feel it. You know, it's just, as, you, as the, the phases of my career have gone on, I just start to recover differently. I feel it differently. And, uh, and the smart people listen to their bodies. And- so here's the interesting. So Bully Ray was just on the Stone Cold podcast talking about as you get older, you learn when to pick your spots in life. Now, you deal with younger cats like Chris Bay. How hard is it to get them to listen to that message? Like, hey, man, you're spending a lot. You're going to pay for this shit later with your body. Um, usually what happens is they'll listen, right? They'll listen. Yeah, I, I've, I've told Chris, hey, man, you know, that was a little crazy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect, respect. But there's no teacher like experience. So the first time that dude don't catch you and you land on the back of your head or the first time you... You, you realize, oh, man, that, that really, really hurt. It's usually, the first couple of those is usually where it's like, ah, I should probably not do that so much. You know, I, again, it's just like, just like anything in life. So uh, as soon as you touch that stove, you'd be like, okay, all right, that's hot. You know what I'm saying? That's hot. <laughs> Did, now, uh, wait, wait, wait. Did that happen to you? Yeah, man. Look, I used to. You did a lot of shit. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I've been watching you for a long. You done did a lot of shit. That's when was I'm... that come to God moment where you were like, all right, I got to pull back a little bit? Um, I was just talking about this. Uh, Slammiversary 2012. Uh, I, was, I was the X Division champion and I was wrestling uh, Zima Ion and Christian York. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm... And I uh, was in a three way. Alamo Dome was packed. So I was like, man, we about to go in tonight. So uh, it's an this idea that I've always had where I feel like if I could, I could use somebody's body to propel off. So the idea was uh, to stop Zima Ion, bend him over, and then uh, moonsault off of him on a Christian York on the outside. In theory, that sounds great. Uh, <laughs> until you take in, if you, until you get some sense, and then you realize, well, I was probably, I mean, I was always one of the heavier X Division dudes. So I was probably at that point, maybe like 215 pounds, right? Zima is probably 190 at that time, 195, give and take, right? So that is a 20-pound difference. Yeah. Uh, and there's no real way to keep yourself up like a table when, when a 215-pound dude is jumping off you. So uh, he went straight down, and I went straight in the guardrail like a dart. And I can remember Brian Hebner. I was on Brian Hebner's show. We talked about this, and he came over, and he grabbed my hand, and uh, you know, it's the Iggy, and he squeezed my hand, and I squeezed back, and he's like, are you all right? And I squeezed back, and he said, open your fucking eyes. <laughs> 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 and uh, and I kind of get up, 
And I'm like, you know, doing the inventory. All right, fingers, toes, spine, neck. All right, everything's cool. So, I mean, this is four minutes into a 15-minute three-way. You know what I mean? And we're open on pay-per-view. So, ain't, ain't no getting hurt, right? And I can, the first thing I can remember after that is kind of getting up, crawling up. And Christy Hemi was a ring announcer. And SoCal Val was over there. And they were both over there with their hands over their faces. So, uh Finished the match. Everything was fine. Was a little fucked up a couple of days after, but I, I won't forget afterward. We come back, and uh, Kurt pulls me to the side. He's like, you know you have a fucking job, right? You, you, you don't have to audition no more. Like, you got a gig. You're the X Division champ. Like, you can you stick around, right? Stick around. Ah, okay. Maybe I'll chill out. So <laughs> Now when you go into matches, what is your mindset then? Because... Often we talk about this. It's like, yo, not, every, not everyone in baseball can throw the fastball, right? Like, you can't throw a fastball 100 miles per hour your entire career. You got to learn to change up. Mm-hmm. got to take something off of it. Mm-hmm. But you can be effective if you change your style. What, when you go into a match now, how have you been able to adapt without, again, you were X Division champ. People thought of you as big as you are. It still is like a flyer, a guy who does really athletic moves. How do you change that? How do you now approach a match at this age, going into it, and still make sure the fans have that same experience. Um, well, back in them days, right, like I was, I, I was considered like cutting edge athletically, right, cutting edge, and and uh, and I was right. Um, but these dudes nowadays, man, athletically are just—it's not even fair, right? Some of the things that some of these guys can do. Um, so I let them do that, right? My 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 my. Objective is always to, uh, if it's your job, man, if, if, if you can do the flippity-dippity, <laughs> then, then baby, <laughs> then baby do the flippity-dippity, right? And, 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 and I will find a way to give everybody, you know, the, the fans what they want, the match what it needs, uh, and, 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 my, and my, my brand what it needs um, in that putting, filling in those holes. Um, I can still do lots of things um, and depending on what's necessary and depending on what's at stake. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'll still pull out, but um, you have to get better at the things that don't require you to risk, uh, that don't require such high risk or that you get if you want any kind of like continuity and uh, longevity, especially in pro wrestling, especially wrestling the kind of style that somehow I was like, man, I'm going to wrestle like this and I'm going to be able to wrestle forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, and only Jeff Hardy can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one well, else. Jeff Hardy's not. I mean, PCO's not human, right? But Jeff's yeah. not. PCO's not human. really <laughs> not a human man. Like, he's just made of something that's not, like, we're just not made of this. Yeah. Um, I've never seen a dude like Jeff Hardy before. Shout out to Jeff Hardy. He is crazy. Unreal. Don't know how his unreal. body tastes. Still, to this day. We watched Jeff Hardy for years. It's like you gonna jump, you gonna do that again? He'll do it on Sunday. He'll jump off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something's, <laughs> yeah, crazy. something's gonna happen. Something's, something's crazy. crazy. So, so Kenny, uh, ROH old. Uh, I, me and you texted a bit. Your future's up in the air. I remember you texted me and said, you know, it's, you're, you're older. You don't know what's gonna happen. Were you concerned that, not that your career is over, but like, what do I do now? Where, where exactly do I go from here? Because you've, you've been the man on, on this, this circuit for years. From Impact to Ring of Honor to, you know, you had your little stint on Tough Enough. But once Ring of Honor closes its doors, like, how do you 
maintain not only out of boredom, because you're used to being on the road, the pandemic happens, he's not going anywhere anyway, but then there's the financial aspect of it too. How'd you play all this out in your head? Um, all of that, right? Like, I mean, it, it, very, it very much occurred to me, well, this could be the end of my career. Um, especially with the direction, you know, WWE going in a, in a very um, not uh, veteran friendly, I should say, very young uh, direction. Um, you know, there, there was, there was a lot of, there's a lot of weight and people pulling for me to, 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 to be in that space. And then, but there, there are some people who are very, well, that, that are very stuck on, on these edicts, right? Got to be young, got to be young, got to be young. So, okay. Looking at, look, I look at that realistically and, uh, and just look at how everything's playing out as far as, you know, EW's roster is chock full of dudes. And, um, so it, 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 it's one of those things I talk about this a lot. It's, it's perspective, right? We, we, we panic and we freak out because we don't have the benefit of perspective. Everything in life comes at us pretty linearly. And uh, if we had the ability to, uh, I don't know if you play the game Assassin's Creed, but, what, yes. but when you see the <laughs> eagle, does. right? Get on the <laughs> eagle and yes. you get a little bit of perspective up and like, oh, there it is right there. Okay, yeah. I, let me stop tripping. So you could do that with your life and kind of raise up and be like, <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You know, you wouldn't wouldn't freak out so much. So um, I didn't know what, what the end of May, June was going to look like. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to be destitute. I wasn't going to be, um, you know, on the street or anything like that. But as far as what my life looked like coming out of this Ring of Honor thing, uh, it was very difficult for me to kind of pick a picture. And then, and then like, I ain't been on the indies in years. So now yeah. it's like, damn, do I want to get, because I know how, you got to do this, man. You got to be in a, every, a different indie, a different city every night. Grind, 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 grind. Um, especially if you haven't been on the indie. So now you got to go out there and have those. Re- <laughs> bitch, remember me, Matthew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you know, I got, I got a few of those. I got quite a few of those left, but I got, they're limited. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, I'm looking at what that is going to look like. And, um, you know, the impact thing just happened at the right time and like i said like perspective you just see what's getting ready to happen um and then you may not stress out so much but my you know because i was moving to like i i was moving out of this like this house with you know where like all the things everything had changed right like relationship it, it ended and i was kind of moving out of this big ass house and everything's changing and now all of a sudden place of employment is like well sorry my boy you out of here yeah. uh so um it was it was very mentally uh strengthening very mentally taxing where i had to kind of like freak out for a little bit i freaked out i'm not gonna lie but uh but it was one of those things where you have to kind of prioritize what okay what can we do what can we change what can we work on how can we you know what in what directions can we move and um and here we are in june and it's all good baby it ain't great, but it's all good. You know what I mean? It, it could always be better, right? But but I'm very I'm very grateful, uh, and I'm very blessed. We were talking about uh, this last week. We were talking about the Kendrick album and how it seems like an outlet for him during that time. Like, and how a lot of people sat and thought to themselves, and you get real introspective during this pandemic. You got nowhere else to go. For the first time, there's nothing else to distract you. What was your outlet during that? Because you, you talk about the 
perspective of it after and now where you're at. But during it, what was your outlook? Like, we thought Kendrick poured himself into this album, and we got some, some wild stuff on this album. And you do many things outside of wrestling. What was your outlet to kind of keep you sane during that, during that time? Man, that's a great question, right? Because uh, <laughs> um, I, I would say that, uh, and this is just me being candid, like, my outlet was my kids, right? Like, I was my, my fiance, she had a son who I pretty much adopted, and my daughter uh, was, was with us full time. So um, it's that was that was where I was like, all right, well, you know what? Then since I'm not on, because I'm pretty much always on the road now, let me, you know, let me be super dad. But at the same time, uh, you know, my relationship is coming apart at the seams, and you know where where it's at, where shit starts to get irreparable. So then that becomes a uh, not a toxic environment, but a place where you need kind of sanctuary and. Shelter kind of being is a place where you kind of want to get the fuck away from yeah. it at the same you can't time. Can't escape so, it. You, you know can't, what I'm saying? Like you're locked down. You're right, like, Yo, right, you're, right. You're, you're right, locking right, me into right. this place. So, um, uh, I don't know if I had an outlet. You know, I, I know that uh, that. I mean, I will say this, man. Shout out to Sinclair Broadcasting because no matter how it ended, uh, I will say shout out to them. They took care of a lot of people in 2020 when a lot of people were out on their ass. Um, they took care of a lot of people, and we did absolutely nothing for eight months. Yeah. And nobody, not one time, was a cent missing from my paycheck. So, you one know, of the only companies I believe, I think the only yeah. one. Yeah. and pro wrestling that like continued one. to pay people mm-hmm. right during right. that time. So, you know, I have my own <laughs> issues with how it ended, but I will never, 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 never uh, not give them props and, and all respect for for them taking care of. <sighs> Dozens, maybe, you know, maybe even a hundred families, you know, during the pandemic. Um, So with that not being the stress, uh, it just, that was, where can we go? The things, things, what can we do? Like, I mean, I went camping for the first time. Like I was, uh, you know, the brother like, bro, that's, that that RV stuff ain't ain't for me. It ain't for for me. I'm not an RV dude. I'm not going to camp out. Bro, let me tell you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm missing it. This is the way. When I tell you, brothers, let's get on this RV move. Really, man, you got to do an RV. I can't do like the floor. No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah I ain't yeah, talking yeah. about going outside. Okay, I'm talking okay. about driving oh. into an RV park. Oh, okay, okay. Plugging your shit in, get some electric, get some sewer. Oh. Going outside when it's time. We glamping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? With it. Uh, I, and I was even like, man, I ain't doing that, man. That's for old white dudes. But you know, listen, these old white dudes got the ticket. You got it right. Okay, they've been hiding this from us. <laughs> and, and shame on you whole white dudes from keeping RVing from it. us. We're it. Because We're I promise it. you, once my brother start RVing, uh, the space is going to get a little Oh, we turn it up. Different. It's going to oh. be different. Boy, how many 16s can I fit under there? Right? I'm telling you. Pulling the whole table out. RVing is the move. They're going to have whole RV spade tables come down from the sides. It's... Don't get this man started. Yeah, he don't, he, he don't know nothing. Spade. He don't know nothing about no spade. He won't teach me how to play spade. Okay, it, well, well, see, do you play dominoes. I do play dominoes. See, it's either one. I play both. Oh, yeah. or both. I play yeah. all of them. Uh, why won't you teach him how to play spades? Because he wants to play with me against people. Yeah. I don't like to lose, and if it's gonna be his fault, we fight. Well, okay, get I'm a like, nap. Like, yo, you can't. Nah, I, I did get a nap. Okay, to teach yeah. me, and I was like, yo, I know like enough now. But he still won't. No, he was like, "Let me practice with you. You don't practice yeah, space." Then his wife was gonna play with somebody else, and his yeah. wife talked mad shit. Yeah, no, so he can't lose to his wife. <laughs> right. So now, like, he's yeah, just it's a lot. It's a lot <laughs> you got, you gotta like. You invite me over to crib for a game. 
night, yeah. like party, and wouldn't play. No, teach your wife. And you, y'all, y'all play against. We beat and just y'all take ass. L's. Yes. He wants me to be a jobber, a spades jobber. I mean, listen, he's because the thing is, it's, it gets real competitive. It gets yes. real serious. Yeah. You know how I go slamming yeah. the damn dominoes yeah. on the table. You know how that go. You ain't got no time for no rookie, no novice. On the, that's why I don't really play because I'm not really that good at dominoes. And uh, and no, nobody want to play with me. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just wait. I just sit back at the parties and I just wait till the, till the cars come out. And then I'd be like, oh, I was good. So I know my lane. Wait your turn. Yeah, I know my lane. Exactly what, what I had to do. do. I had to wait for taboo. <laughs> <laughs> they cut me yeah, out everything yeah, else. We did cut you out everything else. All right. So the match that everybody talked about, you and Shane Taylor. Now, not only was this match felt by our community, Black Twitter blew up everybody else, but everybody. Loved this match. And then, you know, obviously the cut in the scene with the black people, whatever. I want you to walk me through this particular match. And knowing how Shane is and knowing who you are, what, how important was it to put together the match that you guys put together? Because I think we're going to be talking about this match for a long-ass time. Man, that's, uh, thank you, right? Because that's, that's uh, I'm really, really proud of that match. Um, you know, the thing about that match is that it's it's just effective and it just proves proves how effective long-term storytelling can actually be, right? When you let, when you plant some seeds and you water it and you water it and you water it, you let it rock, you let it rock, and then you actually can blow it off, give the, give it the time and the and the circumstances to blow it off, that's that's good pro wrestling all the way from start to finish. So um as it was happening, um and we, we, we started the whole thing with me, Shane, and Roosh. Uh, we, we made it very, very clear that we, Shane and I did not want this to be something that would, would just be, you know, rushed through. And we, right. if, if it meant that we, I remember us talking, like, if it means that we don't touch for a year, then fine, right? Let us do completely other different things, intersect. And um, so fast forward all that to, boom, final battle, fight without honor. We know what we got. Um, just to, man, you know, you want to tell the story, but you also got the, you have the, the, the atmosphere of the match, the fight without honor. You know people are going to want to see the, the, the danger and the, and the car wrecks and all of that. So you just have to be careful uh, that you don't, that you just have to weigh it out very evenly, right? You got to show, you have to, you have to pay off some of the things that you've been that you've been telling in the story, while amplifying, while showing why we how we how do we get to this violence, right? Yeah. And so everything had to kind of be laid out. Um, I thought pretty methodically, in 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 in, in relationship to the story, uh, this was it, right? This was not only just the final match between me and Shane. This is the final battle, baby. Like this is who knows who knows what was going to go on. Nobody knew that uh, it would become Ring of Connor. That's my favorite thing to say. Um, <laughs> Uh, and that's no shade. It just is what it, it is. is. What it is. Um, so we knew that, man, this was going to be one of the matches on this show. Like, this, is, this, this was, if they weren't going to put us in the, uh, in the main event spot, which was, okay, fine, whatever, um, then we were going to make it the main event. Um, so it just, it just one of those things, man, Shane and I, we, you know, that's why it worked because we, st- we are that close, you know, and we, and we can turn that switch and and we both know what it took um you know bodies be damned to kind of create 
what what was necessary. So, um, you know, the pile driver spot was my idea, um, and that was my uh, that was my nod to Stina Generico. Um, but it, but it, <laughs> I didn't mean for it to go like that. So yeah. much shade to that bitch ass uh, ring attendant who pushed the damn ladder, <laughs> ladder up yeah. instead of just holding, holding it. it. <laughs> so uh, you know, but it was it was just one of those things, man, where where, where it came together. As it was happening, man, you just know you just know when it's magical. You feel it, and, it, and didn't even feel any of the shit until about thirty five minutes later, <laughs> <laughs> when I got a text from Kevin like, "What are you fucking crazy?" So, it was cool. I mean, and not only that, I mean, you know, obviously the salute at the end with the black fist was this something that y'all talked about, or is it just, it just happened? Oh no, that was that was something we'd actually talked about. So it was so the it, the imagery was that. Uh, it, that they that I had they'd welcome me into the fold and into the to Shane Taylor uh, promotions. We you know we'd squashed our beef and they'd enter me into the fold, and then it just be, kind of became well, you know what? Let's you know let's let's recognize everybody who 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 has been here because Ring of Honor is has been one of the most diverse companies, man. They Absolutely. they they, they promoted uh, champions, uh, promoted storylines. I mean, dudes were just not you know. There were no Coco Beware's, man. Everybody was an opportunity to to get themselves over, uh, and we just wanted everybody to have a moment. And if if it was going to be it, right? If that was it, uh, and 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 at that time, man, specifically, like for the culture, was is, is, it was a really strong. Is, I mean, it still is, but I mean, it was really a strong movement. It was really, really, really positive, man. And we really wanted to kind of to do something to to a nod to that. Like you know, we see y'all, man. We 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 appreciate. Um, what you guys do, you know, we appreciate the fans that are out there <clears throat> giving that support. Talk, you know, that that sometimes, <laughs> and, and trust me, we see y'all on Twitter. Y'all going to lions dens, <laughs> <laughs> dealing with a not, lot of nonsense from the traditional, you know, wrestling community. But we see y'all, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, and no, I feel like we talked about this, like especially like going to stuff like Wale Mania and all this stuff. Like we're the yeah, cool one. Sorry. That's a, this distracting it's window. Right? I'm sorry, man. Yeah, it's a distracting window. <laughs> uh, like going to places like Wale Mania, all that stuff. Like we're kind of like the cool. We're making pro wrestling cool again, right? Like it's our culture that is making this cool again. LeBron is wearing pro wrestling t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Like Wale is putting, like West Side Gun is coming to shows. Like people are in hip hop songs. Shit is being named after pro wrestlers. We're pushing the culture forward. When it kind of became stagnant mainstream like we are giving it that next push you've been and we got a couple more minutes you, you've been in the wrestling world for so long now do you see a positive change for black athletes specifically in pro wrestling like the next generation do you feel like is there more spots for black champions for black talents to carry companies do you think what's happening outside those walls of pro wrestling will be recognized. So often we hear like, yo, the decision makers aren't black, so what what do they care? Right? Like, what do they care of the Wale's of the world, the rest, you know, the musicians, the everyone else love black wrestling. What does it matter? They still won't elevate that. Do you see that changing at any time? Well, Soon. I mean, um, it has changed, man. I mean, it, since, since, since I've been in the game going from uh, <laughs> Just, just thinking about like, well, damn, how many black dudes are on that show? Should I hit that promoter up? Because if there's more than two, then I probably, should, I probably shouldn't hit him up. To 
that not being a thing, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy, right? It is, it is really crazy and it, and it's very encouraging and it's a beautiful thing to see just how much, how wide open, uh, the game is now compared to how it was even when I was starting, right? I can't even think about like, uh, guys like Devon and then D'Lo and, 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 and guys like Jack, you know, like, so, so in, in, in the span of their careers, I'm sure from, from, from them to like a guy like me, it's like, damn, man, you know, yeah. that guy was on Tough Enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it was, yeah. like you, yo, you know, got opportunity. He, like, he was on TV to do yeah. this, right? So, um, so it is, so the, and when you look at it like that, man, it's leaps and bounds. So, so yes, the, the, the future does look absolutely bright. And I just think like, just like anything else, man, uh, our generation is, 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 as our generation gets older and we start to kind of change how everything is kind of perceived and how everything is traditionally done, um, you know, as, as those older traditions and those older, you know, things die out, uh, that's when those, when the new norms become the new norms, you know, and, and, and so it won't be, uh, I mean, cause how silly is it to recognize and then have hip hop artists like on your shows and, and, and want to use hip hop to promote your, uh, your, 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 your product, yeah. but not acknowledge the influence that this has in a certain community. Like it's, it's very much cart before horse kind of stuff, but that's an older kind of mindset. So as, as, as these people start, you know, start to go away, <laughs> I mean, it just, there's no other way to put yeah. it. Right. As these people start to go away in every phase, I feel like of our society, um, then things are going to change more and more and more. And the norms and the old and the things that were so, this is how it is now, just start to kind of go, just fade away, you know? All right. Before we go home on this, I don't know more. Y'all have been kind of rolling. Feuding with Bullet Club. Is this, when you knew this was happening, is this where you expected it to go? Did you have any idea where this thing was going? Man, I was just... Happy that somebody that I, that that I was floating in the water and somebody threw me a lifeline, right? So uh, when I first kind of heard the assembly of humans, I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and and nothing other than the fact that we all have worked together for, for right. years, but it is not a an assembly of humans that when you think of pro wrestling that you'd be like, "Yes, that's a squad." That right? works. <laughs> But fuck, it does. It it really does. Um, and and it takes sometimes that. I mean, that's that's really my, like I tell this story. Like this, that's how me and MVP got started because I've really always felt I was very nervous uh, working when I first started working with MVP and Impact because I thought that me and MVP occupied a lot of the same space, right? Cocky, athletic, you know what I mean? And and it was always like, man, well kind of do the same things and we do some things different than others but once we started working together it was like oh man all right you you can do this and i can do this and we still nobody's and i don't have to do this and you don't have to do this you don't have to cover so much ground so um the i don't know more thing works out so well because everybody's just solid as shit everybody's good um and the promos have such a dynamic flow to them they're so I, I i watch them because i think they're entertaining because you wouldn't think that you could string me and vincent and eddie and matt Taven and mike bennett together in a promo 
and not have it be whack, but it absolutely flows. And especially with the chaotic nature of the group and, you know, how many invasion angles is his his impact in TNA done um, where it just ends up being, but um, I like where it's going at Slammiversary where, you know what I mean? We take it to the heart. We take it. Now we're starting to whip TNA originals ass, right? Yeah. Like we taking it to like we 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 gonna whip Shark Boy's ass. We giving it to everybody. You know what I mean? Like uh everybody who who represents something to this company, um, we giving it to. So uh it it is it the fans are really, really uh, digging it. So I'm happy for that. Yeah. Keep man. digging it. <laughs> Fresh take on invasion, man. Like that's one thing in our group chat when we saw it, it's just like, oh. We, my boy Justin Ivy, shout out, he's like the biggest impact fan, like ever. And to see, he's like, no, nah, like, this is actually dope. Like, yeah, this works. I was like, you lie. And I was like, Who, who's in this group? And I was like, kidding me? I was like, oh, I get it. And then he put me on to stuff. So I was like, no, nah, it does work. So it, it's amazing. Shout out to Impact. Like, they allow growth in those chances, right? Yes, yes, yes. Whether it be like, yo, yeah, this has happened. Yeah, there have been invasion angles, but nothing like this. And this is why this can work. So yeah, shout out to D'Lo, everyone over there, like, Big ups to them. Big we always shot. give them, like, super credit because they let people try stuff. They let people try and fail, and often people don't fail. I mean, think about it. Like, they, they've allowed Eddie Edwards, who was the heart and soul, you know what I mean, of, of the company, the, the number one baby face, to, to essentially turn Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Turn. Well, we won't say his name. <laughs> turn Terry Bollea. We won't say his <laughs> uh, But, you know what I mean? And to make that kind of a big switch, is um, it's, it's a lot of faith, and I'm glad that and I'm glad that they did, man, because we're really pulling it off. Eddie's really talented. We all work really well together, man. It's it's, man, we we're enjoying it. We enjoyed sure. you dropping by. I appreciate it. Hopefully, everyone else enjoyed this interview except for my mother. So <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> we really appreciate Kenny King coming through. Man, thank you to Kenny King. What an amazing interview. Um. I felt like he was genuine about keeping my mama out of his DM. So to be he's gonna determined, try to uh, he's going to try to stifler your mom. <laughs> That's all bad. No. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, hope Kenny King stays out of his DM for the next foreseeable future. But amazing interview, amazing work by him and impact in his entire career. We appreciate him for stopping by Blue Wire Studios during a crazy wrestling week for us. And we have so many more interviews still rolling out from that week. So tons of wrestling content. Um, Dre, great job on the interview with Tony Khan. Still tons of legs on that. That is everywhere. So we appreciate you guys, Corner Club, as fans really making sure that um, you're pushing the podcast, telling everyone how great we are. You know, I think we're great. Dre's a little more modest. But uh, you guys, on the other hand, telling us that we're great is really appreciated. So we appreciate all of you. For myself, the old man, producer Cole, Bebe, we appreciate you all. Stay safe. Stay rolling free, unlike me. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.